Theremin once. Uh, really, did you? Yes, in San Diego at the Children's Museum, which shouldn't just be called a children's museum because it's a very interesting museum. They had a theremin and you could play it, and it was really fascinating because they gave you a quick breakdown on exactly what you're supposed to do with both hands above the different sensors. Yeah. And I tried to do the Star Trek and couldn't get it to do it just right because I couldn't. It's very, very subtle where yeah. you put your hand. At, with the pitch and then the frequency. Yeah. We can buy so, a theremin for 200 bucks on Amazon. Oh, there right. There you go. Just don't play it too much because after a while you start spying for Joseph Stalin. <laughs> it also what? took me years to figure out. You didn't uh, know that? When I, when I saw uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant in concert and they were doing some Zeppelin tunes, Page had a, uh, a theremin plugged into his amp, so when he would strum on the guitar and he did the theremin, it would bend the notes that he had just played. Oh, wow. It was cool. really fascinating, and fine. I didn't know what it was I at the time. I think I remember something about that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't cool. know what it was at the time, and then I later on found out, I was like, oh, he had it hooked into his amp. So that We need to get really a theremin and plug uh, Kay's mic into it. So that when he talks, we can fuck with his voice. There you go. <laughs> fuck with my voice. Theremin. Well, I don't need a theremin for that. I just a need Soviet an audio spy. board. spy. Really? Yes, he was. Interesting. Yeah. He actually created the spy device they used in the American embassy, which was a non-powered radio transmitter. Basically, you projected a radio beam at it, and that's when it would pick up sounds and uh, transmit them. So, uh, and it was like right in the, there was a, the, the great seal in the ambassador's office. It like was right in there. The Soviet uh, engineers put that in there way back in the day. Mm. And that's how they had a, a direct link to the ambassador's office. Yeah, it was, uh, it was sort of like an early version of RFID where you, yeah. the chip itself is typically inert, but once you hit it with a radio frequency, yeah. that's when it activates, so that way you don't need any batteries. Yes, yep. and, and totally undetectable yep. because... Yeah, because you're, you're sweeping for electronics and yeah. it's not giving off any kind of EM <laughs> signature. Right. It, yep. is, it is quite fascinating. The man was a genius. And he, he would play the theremin in, like, Soviet orchestras, and they would tour around, and he'd be doing shit while he's doing it. Like, a, a, I, there was some <coughs> notorious thing he did in New York, I remember, or something like that. But, yeah, he was a major Soviet spy. Crazy. Oh, shut up, Steve. Damn it. Jeez. <laughs> I need a theremin. Are you, are you channeling you Forbidden Planet? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's, I thought that sounded a really? little bit familiar. That's but. right. Is that for me? Thank you. Leslie Nielsen, Doom. when he was Doom. the dashing leading man. It's so funny to try to tell like people in their 20s and 30s about Leslie Nielsen yeah. prior to doing the, uh, you know, the Zuckers and the, all the other mm -hmm. zany spoof comedy. They're like, he did what now? And I'm like, no, he's total serious actor. Total career re reinvention. Yeah. He he's had, amazing. He Ooh. had the, uh, both the and and box credit for Poseidon Adventure. Yep. Oh, yeah, he was the captain. Yeah. Yeah. I was always fascinated because it, when you look at him in Airplane versus all the other comedy movies that he was in, that's where he played more like himself in. Yeah. And, and that's what 
the Zuckers and Abrams wanted. They wanted him to, and and Robert Stack. They wanted him to play it like it was a normal, yeah, uh, the normal role. Although they did with Robert Stack, their only note with him was they showed him a, uh, they showed him a videotape of a comedian doing an impression of Robert Stack. Yeah, and they said this is what we want. So. It's Robert Stack doing an impression of a comedian doing an impression of Robert Stack. Yeah. And I always found that hilarious. Yeah. So it's it's so exaggerated, but it's still Robert Stack. Yeah. His uh, uh, Nielsen's Frank Drebin mm. always got more of a wide-eyed yeah. look about him when as, as the movies went on. Yes. As opposed to the, the completely straight <laughs> airplane. Mm-hmm. Well, because if you look at him in Police Squad, the right. original TV series... That and then in Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad, very similar performances. Yeah. Then two, uh, two and a half and thirty three and a third is when it, yeah, it gets a little more buffoony. But yeah. you know, still, still enjoyable up to a certain. Point. Absolutely. I still thought Dracula Dead and Loving It was funny, but a lot of people <laughs> just absolutely hated it. I don't believe I even saw it because it's. I, I haven't seen it. It's it's a little. It goes a little over the edge as far as like the the comedy parodies, but it's still enjoyable and it's still um, um, it's still Mel Brooks. So I mean, okay, then I what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, there was one. It it's was, a little zanier than your typical Mel Brooks film, which yeah. I wow. think is why a lot of people were just like, "Oh, all right." That's zany, zany. So <laughs> you you okay there, Barry? Uh, I've seen see. it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Well, welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 664. I am 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. <laughs> With, in a box, Professor Biggs. <laughs> and Deb. You should have seen the eye that Jeb's, Deb just gave him. She's just like, don't do it. Don't steal the end credit. And we're here to talk to you week in geek. Uh, so it's a it's a tag your it moment uh, for Todd and I uh, he has to work tonight and I am taking over the board duties so where's bear with me where's Maple Leaf <laughs> uh, Maple Leaf never responded to the uh, to the message so. so you know we all have headphones on he could be knocking on a door right now and we yeah, won't we hear him we would never know we would never know yeah. fuck him no yeah, he's saving lives yeah, uh, yeah I, is he yeah I think <laughs> I think he I think he uh, re-upped in the Canadian military and he's in Ukraine well, maybe. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. But most likely not. Yeah. Barry's <laughs> loving that story. I wouldn't put it outside the realm of possibility, but it's highly unlikely. I'd put it outside the realm of possibility. I'm going to go one with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is impossible. What's really great is impossible. we can say anything because he... He, he's not never gonna fucking know. No, because yeah, yeah. yeah, he, he doesn't listen. listen. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's give him a moment to uh, defend himself. <clears throat> okay, uh, there it is. Yeah, the, right. mic, the mic mm-hmm. is yours, Matt. There right. we go. Yeah. In uh, place of Maple Leaf, Matt, there is a big stuffed Grogu holding a pumpkin. A, a larger than life size right. Grogu, uh, which is really weird. Okay, so I'm gonna save the rest of this for for uh, geeky things. I was at Galaxy's Edge this week. Well, last Thursday on Life Day. It's still open? Yes. <laughs> and apparently the day after I was there, the Mandalorian and Grogu were out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really not happy about that because while I was there, 
the only walk-around actors they had with the whole list of ones that are supposed to be available were four stormtroopers and Kylo Ren. <laughs> that was it. Oh, you mean so, the, the C team? They didn't have I, Chewie? Chewie. I, Chewie yeah, no, in a red robe? I mean, right, I, how, I, how know, much I, easier is it to uh, put your Chewbacca out I there? know. I know. <laughs> I, I guess I guess we'll just get right into it here. So, uh, friend of the show, Darren, and I went to Galaxy's Edge on Life Day last Thursday. To most people, that's Darren, the bartender from yes, Star Quark's, Trek. Yes, Quark's most famous bartender. Yeah. And his friend went to Galaxy's Edge. Yes. And, all, um, and also Jeff. <laughs> well, and because hey, last year they had like some food specials. They had little mini events going on. During for Life, Life Day. Day. For Life Day. Okay. This year they had nothing. Wow. Except for some merchandise. And even with all of that, we never saw Chewbacca. Uh, we got to, uh, we were in Oga's Cantina having a drink and had to have my fuzzy tauntaun. And while we were there, we it's were my talking. my favorite, too, actually. To, uh, well, a, talk a couple. about your sex life later. <laughs> yeah, really. uh, we were talking to a couple that was standing there, and they were also there for Life Day, and we, we were just chatting about our experiences that day. And, and said, yeah, we didn't even see Chewbacca. She said, and the the lady that, that was across from, from Darren, she's like, well, we saw him for like five minutes, and that was it, and we've not seen him since. So I guess... Maybe he and they had been there for several hours, whereas we were in and out during the day. We were going going around the park, and we also went over to DCA for the uh, uh, festival of holidays because they had all the the food, uh, the little little snacky food things that are all unique to that particular event. So that was really cool getting to try you all the different stuff, like a mini version of what Epcot does every year. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, <laughs> it's very similar. Yes. <clears throat> But uh, so yeah, and that's pretty much the the geeky thing that I did last week. Did they did they get rid of the Dagobah slug slinger? Uh, is that the one with the dry ice? I don't know, but it's green. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> yeah. It's possible uh, they can't get one of the ingredients for it if they don't have it right now. They have they have occasionally taken a drink off the menu. It's because you, you, you do you do yeah. scan it now instead of having the printed menu you scan the QR code. Uh, they have occasionally taken drinks off when there's an ingredient they can't get. Yeah. Uh, in fact, back in June when I was there, they didn't have the fuzzy tauntaun because they didn't have the stuff to make the oh, the foam. That's like the big famous drink. There. Yeah, right. exactly. But if the foam's the piece, so if you don't yeah. have that, you can't serve it. They, they still have yeah. the they still have the tiki mugs. Uh, they had some mugs. I was honestly really wasn't paying that much attention because we were looking around to see if there was anything Life Day specific. We asked our server and they said no. So we just kind of... Maybe uh, Disney's trying to sweep Life Day under the rug because it was born of a terrible, terrible special. But How the, dare you? The terrible. Pro- the problem there <laughs> is that Life Day is actually starting to catch on. Yes. People are yeah. actually unironically enjoying celebrating it which leads me to the next part of this Uh where fans showed up in the robes having the glowing orbs and there was a whole group that had uh (laughs) life day carols that they were going around life day carols i actually have the lyric sheet in the other room i want to see barry subjected to that yeah (laughs) did anyone come dressed as b arthur no. <laughs> oh, now that's... Or Diane Carroll. That's, oh. I, I think that's a little bit much of a deep dive. But yeah. Or again, Harvey Corman. Oh, boy. Oh or God. Harvey Corman. 
or Harvey, Harvey Corman. Yeah. I had a few um, friends posting Life Day pictures in, in you know. Yeah. So yeah. that day was just like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, friend of the day. cast, John Bean Hastings, yeah. uh, showed yep. off his licensed Life Day glow yep. globe. Where did he get that? Uh, no clue. From a licensed Star Wars merch shop? Am I just being ignorant, or wasn't it at one point actually Christmas Day was Life Day? When did they? Cheat? No, it the, the the well, it was the holiday special for the holidays. It premiered on the seventeenth. Yeah, that's of why no, that's of why, November we should yes, say November seventeenth. Yes, November seventeenth. Okay. That's why people are are celebrating it then. Okay, because yes. I I never saw it when it, I mean obviously I was little. I, actually, I don't think I was born yet. It was the seventies, right? Yeah, I wasn't born yet. It was in the eighties. Uh, God, I can't remember what year that no, premiered. No, 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 no. It was. It, it was are you sure? It was, was seventy nine, eighty, dude. Yeah. It was so, actually it pretty. Was, it was pre. Um, pre Empire of the Jedi. Yeah. So anyways, I'm guessing pre Empire. Yeah, pre Empire. No, wait, seventy seventy eight. No, wait, pre Empire. Fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. seventy eight. I'm guessing seventy eight. No. Not seventy eight because I was it, in. It I was, says nineteen seventy eight, November oh! November seventeenth, nineteen seventy eight on CBS. So I, I guess my guess on is CBS. Barry's always talked about it as like the Chris, the Star Wars Christmas special. So in yeah. my head, I always just yes. thought it was Christmas. Like, it was eh. officially listed as the Star Wars holiday special. Yes. So when people Whatever. call it Christmas special, that is incorrect. What the fuck Barry. other holiday? Are they get? Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's closer to Thanksgiving. Well, but yes. it. it uh, Good story. Uh, it's, American Thanksgiving. It's, it's like Lucas telling Carrie Fisher there are no bras in space. Yeah, it's like he's going to say they don't. So they don't celebrate Christmas. They celebrate Life Day. So it's Life Day. Yeah. Oh my God, I thought Lucas was in the room. That's yeah. right. Well, you know, you just take Kermit the Frog and you give him a <laughs> half a quaalude and you get George Lucas. There it is. Uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, they celebrated Life Day. They had special Life Day robes with the Wookies and little orbs, and it was a really dumb video game holiday but I, it was something I liked the uh, the sequels holiday special that they did didn't we watch that uh, Steve oh uh, yeah the, the <laughs> Lego the, the, one uh, yeah the Lego yeah. holiday special oh, is actually pretty yeah, good that yeah. was cute that and was there's fun. a lot of not so subtle nods to the original holiday yes. special <laughs> yes it, it was so. very, and you know you keep doing that and pretty soon, the awfulness just actually becomes part of the charm. Goes away, disappears. Fun, fun uh, side note for Star Wars Galaxies fans. Uh, I, in Star Wars Galaxies, started a Empire-friendly bar. And I called it Dead Wookiee Storage. Because <laughs> 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 storing dead Wookiees is not my business. It was mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's the geeky thing I did this, this last week, so... Uh, let's go with Deb. What did you do geeky this last week? So this last week I didn't do too much, but, um, I have like a plethora of items. I'm, you know, uh, your backlog. Yes. Because I've been gone for so long. What is a plethora? <laughs> Best movie ever. Um, <laughs> so one of the things actually when we were in Houston, what we got to do, um, was play new board games. Okay. And one of the ones we got to try, my friend Courtney introduced us to, and it's called Mysterium. I have never played this game. We, I never, both of us, I don't think have ever even heard of it. Um, I really enjoyed it though because it's one of those that is, it's cooperative until the end, essentially. But it's <laughs> like, a, like Todd. It's a visual. <laughs> yeah. It's a visual game. So I'm gonna read like the game synopsis really quick. So 1920s, Mr. McDowell, gifted astrologer, detected a supernatural being upon entering his new house house in Scotland. And he gathered whose who's, eminent mediums of 
of his time for an extraordinary seance, and then they have seven hours to make contact with the ghost and investigate the clues to try and unlock how he died, the ghost died. Or what? Una- well, unable to talk, <laughs> the ghost communicates through visions. And so you have the ghost, which is like the game moderator. Okay. And they are the ones who, they have this deck of cards that are just images, and these images are crazy and insane and weird. They remind me of the images <clears throat> that the AI created on our Discord. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And so the way the game plays is probably really they cool. essentially, they set up... There's a who died. So you have to go in like tears. So you have to figure out who was kind of like Clue, right? So who died? What, like, um, how they died. How they died, they died. And what was the weapon? So the weapon of their death. And then, yes, where they died. That's remarkably like Clue. I was just, right. damn it. I was just about to say. But, Colonel Mustard in the library with a pipe. But the ghost can't talk at all. And how they pull seven cards at a time from this deck. And then they have to look at like the the three items per person that they're trying to have them guess because they want them to try to guess correctly. And you look at these images going, what the, what the fuck? Like clouds with a carpet on fire or random stairs that end up twisting into like a spiral staircase that go into like hell. Like hmm. these pictures are very abstract and very random. And so you have to do things like, it's one of those that if you really know some of the people really well, you could probably do very well. Okay. Um, because they will think along the same lines of where you're trying to get at with what you've given them. But sometimes, literally, your only choice, because you can only pull seven cards at a time to give someone clues. Sometimes you just have to pick the card with the color that matches the color of the person's jacket in the picture or something. It's so abstract. I actually really enjoyed it. I don't think Barry enjoyed it as much, but I'm a very visual person. Like I really, I learn very visually, so I appreciate visual context in games. Yeah, but Barry doesn't enjoy much of anything. Yeah, I don't like things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Mysterium, and I think it plays up to seven players. It actually huh. plays quite a few players, which is nice because there's, we have this problem a lot where we have tons of board games we'd like to play, and then you end up with too many people at the house and half the games you can't play yeah. because they only play up to four or five people. So we right. end up playing DC Deck Builder. Right, or, you know, or yeah. um, Guillotine, or they you know, need, Zombie Dice that, or something. That's actually, I think that's an actual niche in the games market. I do, is more Is more players. Games are like six and up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they really need to have... Like, like party game. And ones that yeah. aren't just like roll some dice or, yeah. you yeah. know... Play some cards. They need right. to be board games, mm-hmm. and not the. And the problem with those a lot of games is, for six players, you're waiting for one person to go, and then and by the time it gets back around to you, it's been like twenty That's minutes. That's true. We need those games where everyone goes kind of at once, <laughs> like mm-hmm. Pit. Well, not yeah. like Pit, where people scream <laughs> and, and they fall off their chairs, and, and one person doesn't go at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are games where, okay, in this stage of the game, everyone kind of goes at once and yeah. then they resolve. Those Barry, are fun. Barry, that's probably why they tend to make those games for no more than five people. Because they probably are actually worried about the action economy Downtime. in terms of the participation. Well, of I'm the always worried about that as a DM. Because people get bored out of their mind while they're waiting. But there was Not a, in your game. But there was a game. Well, because so- I set a timer. <laughs> For those of you, you have know, this much time, or you're fucked. For those of you on the Kofi, we had Board Game Arena last weekend. For yes. those who were allowed to participate, and there was a game we tried that everybody plays at once. Which one was that that we played this past weekend? But I, I can't remember. I'll figure it out. We'll talk to Todd. But um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it because it was it was everybody gets their stuff, and then 
everybody plays at the same time. So it wasn't quite cooperative, but you're also not like completely trying to fuck everybody else right away. What game was that? Hmm. So that's a weird one. If Todd's participating, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, Deb, while Curse we're on the sudden sub- but inevitable betrayal, <laughs> yeah, re- inevitable. Um, it, it, this is a question that that's actually gotten to me. Uh, Barry hates everything. You, I don't like you know, fun. So, is there anything that Barry likes that you can't yeah. stand? Yes. Oh. More. Killer his, clowns. His interest in music mostly. <laughs> his like really like the music he really really likes, and then yeah, I can't watch horror movies at all, and he likes some of that stuff. Um, hmm. that's probably there are some like random other films too that he's just like, oh my god, it's the best. I'm like, what are you talking right. about? It's so, so there's lame. but there's no game, right? It's a. Um, we have wrong. not. Well, there are probably some that I again. I really enjoy that he doesn't really like. He's yeah. the try well, one time, move on type of person. Well, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, you're open-minded. You enjoy new experiences. I would like to. I enjoy new experiences. I would like to think <laughs> that I have rubbed off on him in that way somewhat. <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to see the same shit over and over again, which is why I don't watch the same movies over and over and over oh, again. Man. Oh, so by the way, the I game, I think, on was Ink and Gold. Ink and Gold, yes. No. Oh, wait a minute. Um, there's uh, the uh, temple raid, the temple run the thing. The adventurers. Where, where everybody plays at once and you... That's Ink and Gold. Is that Ink and Gold? It's yeah. Ink and Gold, which reminded me very much of the adventurers. Yes, but adventurers, okay. you still That's go still, individually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that one's fun. Yeah. There was one time Andy was like, can't talk, can't use hands, can't... And he's literally got his hands behind his head, and he's like staring at the map, trying to... Thinking to himself, this is my nightmare! Yeah, figure out what he can do to roll dice to um, mm. build our adventure. It was So that must be different. That's a different game. That's yeah. Treasure Hunters or some other thing, yeah. But it, it's got the... You play a DVD... That runs the music and gives you the bong as you like move into oh boy DVD another games. game. Yeah. Bong. bong. Hey, if uh, you're listening and you know good games that are six and more, play six or six or more people that where everyone kind of goes at once, please write in. Let yeah. me know. I'm, I really want to know these that aren't just dice or card games. Yeah. Just yes. Jump on that. Guys. Write to us comments at Geek Shock Podcast. Put it on the layer. Do some or, fucking uh, yeah, thing. Something. Something. <laughs> Send a one pigeon. of the many ways you can contact us. Yeah. yeah. Put it on the layer. Do it. Put it on Discord. Do some fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of options. What else you got, Deb? So I recently read a trade that was suggested to me um, by Ralph at, at Alternate actually, Reality. Thank you. Yep. And I will say that it was probably the first time ever that I was not over the moon about this comic. Really? Yeah. Ooh, um, it's called Little what? Bird. And it was a five, like a five story run comic. So it didn't, it didn't go very long. Um, <clears throat> but the story, I appreciated the story, but the art was so distracting for me that it was hard sometimes to follow. That's another one of those Barry rubbing off on her because <laughs> he's so picky about yep. his comic art. Mm. And I, I am, I mean, I'm a little he's picky. He's literally physically like got tension in his shoulders yes, right does. now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little picky and this was outside of what I appreciate. Like it had a lot more like gore and just um, like body, the way the bodies were displayed in the comic. Like it was kind of futuristic, um, but 
it was weird. Like it was just a little over what I appreciate usually. Um, and yeah, so the story, like I said, the story was okay. Um, but overall I just, the art kind of lost me and it kind of made it difficult for me to really focus on the story that was being told. Um, because they were, I think they were really focusing so much on the art in this comic. Mm. Um, and I just don't feel like it actually ended. Didn't feel like it had an ending. And then I was looking it up earlier and it definitely was the last book. So, yeah. So interesting. Little Bird. It's by Image Comics. If any of you guys have read it and actually appreciate it, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Um, But it was not one of my favorites. And again, the board game we talked about just before was called Mysterium. All right. Anything else? No, that's me. Steve, what you got? What'd you do geeky this last week? So, um... I've been continuing my um, catching up on uh, director-writer Mike Flanagan's uh, work. Um, I talked about uh, Ouija Origins of Evil last time. Uh, This time I caught up on three. Um, Oculus, which I had heard through people going, oh, that was really good, it was really good. And and it is. It's, you know, Amy Pond and Dick Grayson trying to find out why Starbuck uh, went crazy because of their father. No. What the? <laughs> I know. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. What? It's uh, Karen Gillan and Brenton, Th- Brenton Thwaites, our brother and sister. And their mother's played by Katie Sackoff. And she went crazy. And he and um, the Brenton Thwaites character ended up in jail because... Oh, I can't remember which parent. I think it was the father that they thought he'd killed for no good reason. And basically it's because of this cursed mirror uh, thing. And it was really good. And it you know it does does some of Mike Flanagan's uh, usual playing with time and and uh, and that type of thing. And people aren't who they you think they are. And the people that you think are the bad guys are actually the good guys and vice versa. and and so it it was it was really good um so i recommend oculus um uh then i watched um hush which was a movie that he wrote with his now wife kate siegel but it was her first movie and she plays a deaf mute woman who is being terrorized by uh a killer and it was this before she did married with children (laughs) why you oh um and um, <laughs> Jeff shaking his head, and it's it's also uh, it's also really good and um, much more of a thriller than a horror movie, um, and and it and it's got some of Mike Flanagan's usual uh, acting repertory. Uh, uh, Samantha Sloyan plays a next door neighbor. Michael Trucco's in it as a character. Um, and so that was really good. And then finally, uh, Doctor Sleep. I finally caught up with Doctor Sleep, um, and that one that was really good. So yes, I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan. Uh, Mike Flanagan. For those of you trying to figure out, you know, wh- who's this guy you keep talking about? He's the guy that did the Haunting of Hill House, the Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, Midnight Club uh, on Netflix. And um, yeah, you can really see where all that came from. Um, just really good. Really good thriller, horror, ghost story, um, writer, director. Um, I'm 
The next one is going to be Absentia and then Before I Wake. And that will finish up my Mike Flanagan watch. Then the other thing that happened was the hard copy of my Regency Cthulhu came in. Oh, boy. And then uh, I downloaded the PDFs of that, so you can take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those yes. of us not sitting at the table with yes. you, let's, can you let's describe? pass around a visual medium on an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew Deb would appreciate it. Well, yeah, we can't see the Regency Cthulhu, and we also can't see, and you guys can't see Deb's utter look of joy. <laughs> it says, Regency Cthulhu, Dark Designs in Jane Austen's England. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so figured out the character that Barry would be playing. Yes, <laughs> he would be the he would be the surly landowner that nobody likes, but everyone has to include in the adventure because yes. he has a title and uh, wealth. lots of money. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Everything but the lots of money part uh, sounds, yeah. sounds right. <sighs> Lo- Lord Lord Barriford. <laughs> we have to play this. I- <laughs> Right? Yes. <laughs> I said, I said when he said, I got it. I'm like, oh, well, that's good, Steve. Now you and Deb have something to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get, uh, I don't know, who else would play? Paulette, maybe. Paulette. Uh, yeah. yeah. Andy. Yeah, Andy we'll would in. just love to get in touch Lewis, with his feminine side. Actually, Lewis might just because he likes learning new game mechanics. Oh, that's games. true. That's true. And this one does have that reputation mechanic in it. Ooh, that, reputation. That, uh, yeah, which is. Yeah, know. but it, um, there's a big role playing aspect in this, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It was why you should love you it. You can't. You can't. You should love it. You, you can't rules lawyer it. So I don't know if Lewis would be into it. Oh. No. You can <laughs> rules lawyer <laughs> reputation. It, you know what? You know but a good DM won't okay, allow it. This well, is no. this is getting intriguing because I kind of want to see uh, Lewis rules lawyering a social interaction. <laughs> yeah, min max that. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's just see how that goes. I just, I, you know, I'm sorry. I gotta stop this for a second because I have this whole storyline. It's like major meh. Rules lawyer, and it's like a freaking show. There you go. Yeah. That would actually be good. Yeah. Comes in with a briefcase, and you just. Oh my um, But um, actually, if you think about it, so you can picture it now, right? Now that I've said it out. Yes. Thank you. But um, but he's pretty good at messing with your heads in uh, Secret Hitler, Werewolf. Oh yeah, he loves Mm -hmm. that Salem and all that. So you know. Yeah. He's very much a Torgo. Yeah. Yeah. When Torgo's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we got to get Torgo over there for Lewis Some of these games, yeah. game nights. So Pit them against can, each other. We can have the Clash of the Titans, and we can all sit back and eat popcorn. Man, I, <laughs> I will never forget Torgo playing Secret Hitler at Scoop Fest. And the guy who thought Torgo was one of the good guys and just you know blah, 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 playing along, and Torgo goes... Well, I'm going to assassinate that guy. And he goes, oh, and he almost literally pearl clutched. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you've never played with Torgo before. <laughs> he's your friend till he's not. Yeah. yeah. Because I was, in fact, the secret Hitler on that one. Uh, so uh, it was like, and Torgo was the other thing. So he made me chancellor almost immediately after that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> wow. I did remember something else that Barry absolutely loves that I don't. What's mm. that? Bad Santa. I uh, love Bad Santa. Uh, Such a terrible. Film. Yes, the second it is. one's not so great, but the first one's fun. That is his favorite Christmas film. 
Yes. And so I've watched it many times. <laughs> Does he rewatch it? Yes. Ooh. Oh. Every so often. Wow. This year is See, the first year I'm actually excited about a holiday film, and that's that violent night coming yes. up with yes. David Harbour. <laughs> that does look fun. I'm looking forward. Except and they're that- now finally starting to promote it as a Die Hard with Santa, which I had been saying for the last few months. Because and I'm like, Hard's finally. That's funny. I yeah. mean, I sorry. I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. We saw the trailer randomly because yeah. we were on YouTube. And I was like, okay, I appreciate it until it just felt like it was way too much. Like, he's Santa. Really? Santa? Yeah. Santa. Yeah. Santa. yeah. yeah. You're going to do this? Do to you want to know what the original Santa? Santa was like? That's right. He <laughs> ate children. <laughs> that was Wasn't Krampus. that Krampus? That was Krampus. Yeah. But that's who Santa Claus is based off of, I believe. No. no. No, 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 no. Saint Nicholas. Two separate yeah. legends. Okay. Yeah. Also Nicholas. not good. St. Nicholas would, uh, it was like throwing gold in people's windows so they didn't hire their daughters out as prostitutes or something. I I, I don't know. The usual. There's a lot of history there behind the fictional character that uh, most people would be horrified to read. Well, Like much in history. Traditional fairy tales. They're not happy. So. Barry, I have a question for you. I'm saving I can tell because you've been pointing at me for the last <laughs> yeah. few minutes. I'm like, I can't wait. Yeah. Why are you? So uh, do you re-listen to songs that you like? Yes, of course he does. I do. Hmm. So what's the difference, except time, time. between uh, re-listening to songs that you've heard a thousand times and re-watching movies or TV shows? Because uh, well, one, the major one is time. The secondary no, one. No, it's patience. T- time, the major one is time. Patience. Shoosh! You're wearing on his patience. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I thought you lost your voice. (laughs) That's the ultimate Barry comeback. I thought you lost your voice. (laughs) Major one is time. Uh, The second is uh, you don't have to pay attention to songs as much as you do with like TV or movies. Okay, that's fair. Because I used to have friends that would ask me the same thing, uh, that would say the same thing all the time. Because back in the day, back before VCRs, um, I would go and rewatch movies over and over again at the theater. And they were like, haven't you ever seen that? You know, and be, like the, the, the most egregious example would be Superman. I saw that 21 times in the theater before wow. it first, saw, first run before it left. I saw Star Wars 22. Wait yeah. a minute. How many times did you pay for it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, that's this is Steve. I, yes, I would. I would say the majority of the time I actually paid for it because it was usually the first movie I. Of course, folks. Saw. This is back when movies could actually be a dollar a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and especially by the time, know. you know, that was also back when they would run movies in theaters for a couple of years before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was Superman's oh, yeah. thing because huh. it was out. Yeah. It was out for over a year. Yeah, in theaters. Yeah. So, I like I that. saw it. So, for instance, I saw it the 21st time on my 21st birthday, which would have been uh, the 21st of <laughs> why you 1837, which would have been, been 1979. So, no, yeah, 79. which added together equal no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, so and they would go, you, Haven't you already seen that? Animal House would be the other one uh, about that same time. Um, I'm trying to think what other movies I saw over and over. But anyway. So was Superman the movie you saw the most in the theater still to this day? I believe so. And yeah. yours is Star Wars? Still Star Wars. I almost beat it with Fellowship. I got Fellowship to, of the Ring. Yeah, I got to 18 times with Fellowship. And that's a long movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, just, I just fucking loved it. Jeff, do you know which one's yours? 
No, it's really hard to say because when I was really young, I didn't get to see a lot of movies repeatedly in the theaters. I might get to see one or two. It's like, for me, movies at the theaters prior to becoming, well, prior to my teenage years, I should say, when my mom and my sisters would go shopping, oftentimes they would drop me off at the theater in the mall because the tickets, like the the uh, the matinee tickets, were like two fifty, so my mom could put me in there, let me watch whatever was going on, because uh, that's how I saw Back to the Future the first time was, mm-hmm. uh, so I would have been eleven, and uh, so that was just an example. But you know, it was like what whatever was on sometime. Basically, prior to age, I'd say 12, I wasn't really super picky about what I watched. <laughs> it was watch just something. like, you yeah. know, my mom would buy a ticket of something she thought I would like. Because I remember, actually, speaking of Back to the Future, I don't remember particularly being more or less interested in seeing it when I had seen the commercials. It was just, uh, it was the new movie out, and that's what my mom bought the ticket for. I mean, thank goodness I did, because that's still one of my favorites of all time. I know, not necessarily first run, I've seen Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan multiple times in the mm-hmm. theater. I have also um, seen that in the theater twice. Wow. Twice. Yes. Amateur. Oof. Once, I think I went with you and a yeah. few other guys after, we're like, oh, we're doing the whole thing with Star Trek. Fine, I'll go see it again. And it was fun. But it's, it, would have been, it had been many, many, many years. Yeah. And there's only one other movie I've ever seen twice in the theater, and it doesn't really count Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that doesn't count. No, because you just got to go see that over and over again. And well, and it's a show. Party. It's not yeah, a, just so a movie. God, I'm, I'm really racking my brain to think what... Why do I need to see it twice in the theater? I've seen it once in the theater. It's great. And then you take it home a DVD I, if you want to watch it. I've lost some respect for you. I don't give a shit. Right. I will say in the 21st century, the movie I probably saw the most in the theaters, I did go see the first Avengers film like five times in yeah. the theater. Yeah. I saw that one several times. Yeah. Twice. I Twice because about the two second the second and third time I should say not because I was just actively like oh my god I have to go see this again right away was because I went and saw it by myself and then a friend wanted to see it and I said oh yeah I'll go see it again and then subsequent like just every time I saw it I saw something new that (laughs) I hadn't seen the first time so of the modern day films I would say that's probably the one I've seen the most in the theaters um I do remember as a teenager, I saw uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade like three times in the theater. Uh, my buddy and I, my buddy Ben and I in high school, we uh, went and saw it on opening night. Like our parents actually allowed us to go to the, the I think it was supposed to be like a midnight screening, but they started at like 11 because they didn't, you know, Wichita. What a with the, yeah. Well, it's Wichita with the whole, you know, uh, no, I don't. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> the, uh, the, where that you have to be back home, but I'm totally curfew. Blind. Curfew. curfew. Thank you. God, my brain just locked up on me there. Uh, you know, so you had to be like home by one a.m. Oh, okay. If you're so, a minor, if yeah. you're a minor, uh, wow. unless you're with an adult, so Jeez. they dropped us off at the theater, let us see it, then they picked us up afterwards. So yep. anyway, um, I like that a curfew. If you're underage, you have to be home by <laughs> one a.m. Yeah. 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 And so, well, and then they like after I moved away, it's now midnight. You have to be home midnight. by midnight. Whoa! Most places so, I know of, they like ten. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, right. it's like for the minors. I think they were trying to allow for there's a lot of 16-year-olds that work and a lot of 16-year-olds work fast food and a lot of those places don't close until 11. Huh. So you have to they I think they were allowing for the whole okay, That's interesting. closing and then getting home because for them as a lot of times it was a weekend job going yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So So mine was hook Oh yeah, oh, Hook, I yeah. loved Hook. I loved that film so much. Robin Williams. It's one of my favorites of his. Mm. When he like you know as like a more directed at kids film. <laughs> um, he has so many movies I love, but I must have seen it in eleven, twelve times in the wow. theater. And I was nice, a kid, so nice. you know yeah. it was one of those where you know summer and well it came out in the holiday season I believe, and so we went with family and we went with friends, and then there was break, and so. You know, to get us out of the house, my mom took us to the movie theater and dropped us off for a few hours. <laughs> I loved that movie. Yeah. I think the next one I saw after that, not as many, but Aladdin. Oh, okay. Because that was like amazing. The graphics and the design that they did in that film yeah. was, you know, brand new, never done. It was amazing to see on the big screen. That movie was just really beautiful to see on the big screen. Another Robin Williams film, I just realized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my local theater growing up, the Shirley Twin Cinema Twin had two two screens. Yeah, uh, they would they always participated in the Disney Summer Film Festival, which oh, was yeah. a thing in the seventies. Yep. And so I saw Aristocats, I saw Rescuers, yeah. the Herbie movies. That's how mm-hmm. I saw. Them, I saw yeah. those a bunch they, of times. They extended that into like the very early eighties too, because yeah. I do remember going to a lot of Disney films. And the same ones you're, yeah, you're saying and they right would, now. Yeah, they, they had that. Yeah. They had that slate, and they would pair up a, an animated with a live action. Yep. It'd be a double feature. So I, I saw a bunch of those. Up. Robin Hood. Yeah, mm-hmm. Robin Hood was one of my, my favorite as a yes. kid growing yep. up, and I saw that one in the theater a bunch of times. And in Fantasia, because that was actually my mom's tradition. Every Christmas season, there was one theater on Long Island that ran Fantasia during Christmas time, <laughs> and she would take me out, and we would go see that for several years. Yeah, so. um, yeah, and of course, living in Corona, which the way you get to Corona in uh, California is you drive along the ninety-one, and you drive through Orange and, County. Yeah, you drive through Orange County, yeah. and then you fall off the edge of the world, and then you <laughs> land in Corona. I actually grew up right on the other side of the hill from Corona. See, so you in know, Nervalinda. right on the other side of the edge, yeah. literally, yeah. literally right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, the local Corona movie theater was like a second and third run uh, movie theater back then, and they would always have double features, and that's so that's how I got to see things. Third like, run. What did it cost to get into that theater? Hardly anything. Like a quarter. Quarter fifty cents. Maybe. Oh no, it's more than a quarter, but it was like between fifty cents and a dollar for kids. Oh my god. Yeah, and so but that because they did double features all the time, that's how I got to see you know Blackbeard's Ghost like thirteen or fourteen times. Um, trying to think what other oh planet of the apes i saw in the theaters oh, like 13 or 14 man. times charles charleston heston's original no yeah, Ooh, yes Heston. yes okay. we yeah. yes i did i did go ape tonight <laughs> which is when they premiered a battle for the planet of the apes and they ran all oh, yeah, the yeah. other ones oh at the yeah. drive-in yeah oh it was great we're we're, we're driving home at 5 a.m i'm asleep in the back my dad's basically got to unload me and my mom and then go to the train station to go to work because yeah. he worked <laughs> in new york city Brutal. Oh yeah. yeah, and then weird ones that i only saw again multiple times because they were parts of double features but but things like 
Bless the Beast and Children. I saw them multiple times. Dear Lord. Because it was always the second feature. Uh, That's uh, how they get people to watch it. Yeah. I used Mm. to love the second run theater because we had uh, a theater called The Palace in Wichita that was brand spanking new, but like really tip top. It was a it was a tenplex theater, all digital sound. I mean, like you're t- you're talking like it was better than a lot of the older theaters in Wichita in Wichita that were showing first run films. <laughs> so sometimes I would actually wait for the theater for the movie to get out of the first run theaters and go to the palace. Tickets were always a dollar. So you could see oh, any movie. Yeah. I, there were times I would go there uh, on like a Friday or Saturday when I didn't have anything to do. My mom would drop me off. I'd go see two or three films. Yeah. And still have money left over for popcorn and what. And it was always reasonably priced. So Yeah. Um, my, my, uh, my, my concessions, I should say. My yeah. theater, one of the things I didn't, well, two screens, How you know, you're going to theater hop. But <laughs> mm-hmm. they didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't care if you sat there. So I would watch a movie. I think that's how I saw Star Wars a lot because I would watch three or four mm-hmm. um, uh, showings. Yeah, just sitting there. Yeah, I would just sit there, and the movie would end. They yeah. clean up around you, and then the movie would start again. And you know, they they really didn't. They yeah. really didn't care. So the, uh, oh, that were- was the other thing. We didn't have a THX theater in town. Except for at the palace, mm-hmm. their 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 theater number one and two in the palace east because I lived on the east side of town. They also had a palace west had THX theaters, so that's part of the other reason why I would wait until it was out of the first run theaters to go see it because I could see things like um, Indiana Jones in THX. That's so it's funny. Just like it was second bizarre. run THX. It, yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. better than some of the other theaters. Sure, it was sure. crazy. Yes, and it was a lot cheaper because I think at that point tickets were like five dollars. Okay, that's just you can't what. Well, when as you the don't, book when you, says, what's the matter with Kansas? I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, at that point in time, you know, five dollars was a lot of money for me. So oh, yeah, yeah. you know, having to go spend five dollars on a ticket for. Quite frankly, some of these theaters that were the first run theaters were not in the greatest of shape mm. uh, in the you know late eighties. This was early the 90s. old style where they're barely slanted. You get mm. the top of the head of the person in front of you <laughs> yeah. covering the, the screen. That's what it's like down here at the the one I call the welfare theater down here <laughs> on Trop and Pecos, the yeah. Trop- oh, Tropicana God. Cinemas. Yep. God, are they yeah. are they dollar are, shows? Yeah. Just some old shit. Mm-hmm. See that they're, they're run by Regency. And Regency is the company that runs the theater that I see the classic films at in California, and uh, and so I was looking around to see if if Las Vegas had Regency theaters, and of course it's the yeah it's the welfare theater, <laughs> but I wrote them but I wrote them a, but they have like what six screens yeah yeah it's, they they, yeah. Yeah. they, they so upgraded I, them to digital projectors yeah. like several years they ago they actually so. threw in, didn't they throw yeah. in a three D at one point yep. I seem to remember that yep. yeah. So I wrote them a letter saying, "Hey, um, are you? Th- is it possible that you might turn one of your screens into like a classic film series, like you have at the Regency, um, uh, the uh, one in California? The one in California. <laughs> yeah. There's an actual South Coast, South Coast Re- Regency, and and they're like, that's a good idea. We'll get back to you on that. I was like, okay, so you're not gonna do yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. No. 
<laughs> and a funny. letter? You wrote an actual... Is that what well, you no, do? Would it communicate to email, the welfare theater? Email. Send an actual letter? No, it was... An, it was a, Pay it was a kid an, a nickel to carry it in. Can you send take a raven. this, Mr. Man? Yeah, send a raven. <laughs> a telegram. Anyway. So, yeah. No. So, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking Just of theater me. hopping, uh, summer of 77 Uh-oh. was the year I began my uh, theater hopping career. Yeah? Yeah. It was uh, at the... At the uh, at the UA Theater at, at the Tyler Mall, now the Tyler Galleria, because they have <laughs> they have they're pretentious now. Yeah. Um, but that was and and it was uh, Spy Who Loved Me was what got me started in that. Because hmm. I saw Star it. Wars. So James Bond, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not Star I, Wars. That is that is surprising. Mm. I imagine if our seventy seven Star Wars. I would I would imagine I would probably see that a few times in the theater. Oh yeah. For around. Oh, I did. But yeah. But he was almost 20, right? In 77? Yeah, 19. So James Bond probably connected with him. Yeah, you know, getting yeah. laid. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, again, again, you know, that Star We're Wars. We're all nerds here. By the director of American Graffiti. What's this going to be? Teenagers I know, right? Space? Dude, that was so funny. Um, uh, Vernon, uh, everybody have a drink. My buddy Vernon came over a couple nights ago. We watched the Harmy edition of Star Wars. It's oh, the, the so-called despecialized, despecialized edition. edition. Yep. Which is very well done. That, oh, that yeah. guy knows his shit. Because he, he basically recreates the theatrical release, but he uses the remastered materials to do so. So yes. it's a magnificently look, it's a magnificent looking uh, remaster of the theatrical, essentially. And one of the things they do uh, is uh, they have the trailer, and this is, this is the super old trailer. 76. When you, when you don't even know what the hell's happening. And, and they haven't even come up with their Star Wars font yet. Yeah. But it's so funny because it does. It starts off with, from the man who brought you American graffiti. <laughs> it's just yeah. like watching some of those old trailers. You're like, how did people go to see this movie? <laughs> hey, yeah. Some, some yeah. of them are it pretty bad. awful. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because it, you think about it. It's they've they've the, you know in many ways I think they've gone too far in terms of the science right. of of marketing this shit. You know they 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 know the beats, they know the tones, they know the sound you want, they, they know, know the, the pacing, they know the the colors on the fucking screen. <sighs> yeah, but literally, yeah, Comic Con '76. I was sitting there. Everyone else was kind of, but I was sitting there going, "Oh boy, what's this? Oh, this is yeah, okay. That looks kind of okay, but what? I know. What's the thing with the deal? What's this guy with the <laughs> black skull face? Oh, this black is, skull face. How is this any better than Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> Battlestar that wasn't was, out yet. Yeah, yeah, really. What the hell's the matter with you? No, the original. Yeah, yes. the original came yeah. out no. after Star after. Wars because oh, oh. Dykstra was riding on the the success of yeah, Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. Wait, what was on TV? Battlestar you, came Logan's out Run, maybe Logan's Run. <laughs> how's this any better than Logan's Run? There you go. Okay. Silent yeah. Running. How's this any better Accepted. than How's this any better than Metropolis? How's this any better than than all of Gene Roddenberry's failed pilots? <laughs> <laughs> the original Star Trek Forbidden Planet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so what else did you do this week, Steve? <laughs> oh, that, that was it. I just had to... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we went on a long tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, well, we was know you watched, my fault. We know, we know you watched the Despecialized Edition. What else geeky things did you do this week, Kirsten? Me? Yeah. I watched The Void. Oh, yeah. The Void? With, uh, with uh, no, no, The Void. 
Oh. I, I was just, not oh, devoid. Boy. Although devoid, that that's I don't know. We gotta gotta make a Cthulhu thing that hits the Bronx or something. I just <laughs> yeah. call it devoid. devoid. But uh, this was a, a lo- kind of Lovecraftian horror movie. I guess crowdfunded Steve. Yeah. Steve subjected me to it. So and it was actually enjoyable. It was actually uh, it was a, a good weird horror yeah. movie so. with some good uh, practical uh, yes. monster effects. Mm-hmm. Very okay. Very practical. Um, nice creepy combination of creepy and uh, uh, you'll love it. Uh, Deb gory body horror and um, <laughs> like you know, watching it through our fingers. Uh, kind of sort of people. Peeling their faces off, tentacles. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah, tentacles, tentacles coming out of mouths. Yeah, you know the usual. Yeah, fun. <laughs> so, but it was actually a it was actually a pretty good movie. So. Yeah, yeah. A Steve recommended joint. So there you go. Yeah, ah. which again I got from my uh, from my H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society page. They were like, "Oh, this is some cosmic horror that I thought was really good." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "All right, well, yeah." watch that so i'm rapidly over the years been developing a uh, tradition with steve because he'll come out for the uh, francine and jerry thanksgiving and uh we'll end up i don't know it's it it's too long to call it post halloween hangover but we'll end up watching horror movies so so we're just continuing that fine tradition that's right and I did, I did re-bring the Louis Jordan uh, Psychic Investigator Blu-ray this time, so. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I think that I'm still recovering from the elections, and uh, the magazine I work for has started ramping things up, so oh. actually I've been doing... You've been working? Yeah, now... <clears throat> crazy. Yeah, I know. It's Where the hell did that come from? So I do that. I'll play occasional Lords of Waterdeep, so... But, uh, yeah, that's pretty. I'll, I'll go with that. That's what I did. I'll blame it on Steve. Uh, <laughs> right. Barry, did you do anything that Deb didn't do this week? Yeah. Um, yes. First, let me speak for Matt, who just texted me. He's like, so at Outback, and the price to taste is on point. <laughs> Way better than the Golden Steer. Just thought you should know. Oh he says, shows me a picture of his steak. I just told him to choke What the? It. Fucker. Outback? Outback. Why? I don't know. He's he not other, here because he had, he had other to go- shit to do. I don't know. He's ten years away from starting to go to fucking Golden Corral. That's that's where ten. he's at. Ten. If, I, if I'm then. thinking five. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> Has he ever been there? Because he might start going now. Uh, my dad. There is, is one down the street. Is it still mm. open? My it's dad. It's the one right the next to the Corral. Texas Road, Roadhouse. Oh, oh, that's right. It is. Yeah, Golden it's like in the Corral. same parking lot. Yeah. It's just around the corner from Kirsten's place. Yeah, it is. <laughs> By the way, uh, I'm thinking for Christmas, we'll yeah. take Matt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and just drop him off. I'm not going. There you go, right? Yeah, take him as in literally take All him. All right, we'll be back in and out. Well, uh, first of all, Matt can choke on it. But yes. other than that, um, like your uh, mini Star Wars video game, your upright game yes. there on the risers, uh, I broke down and I got a Tron machine. Oh, nice. Uh, they're about 600 bucks, um, but it, they're awesome. I really, really wanted a Tron, uh, like an original Tron machine. I had a chance to buy one like 14-odd years ago, mm. but I didn't have 600 bucks handy. Um, and I should have got it because now they're like six, $7,000. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're ridiculous. <sighs> Could have, would have, should have. Uh, but it, it looks really nice. Um, 
and it comes with discs of Tron as well, and it lights up, and it, it lights up in ways that the original kind of doesn't, which is really nice. So I'm very happy with that purchase. The only downside it's, is it's that very light. the cabinet's very light. So yeah. if you are just a little too hard with the joystick, you move the game. Huh. <laughs> You've played this game. Picture the light cycles yeah. where you have to like... Yeah, yeah. you end up moving yeah. the, the box of the game. Uh. Yeah. That's kind of weird. So very be gentle. You it's, never think about the weight of the cabinet actually uh, having something to do with the play experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Barry's talking about putting like weights or something on the inside of it. Just, put it in the yeah. corner. Put, so it bangs my wall constantly? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> put Barry in there. He's dead weight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. That's inside yeah. baseball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, I hate Torgo. He is scum of the earth because I have been playing uh, hard space oh. shipbreaker. Oh. I've just been Constantly. obsessed with Actually, this game. This whole week, multiple nights. He was this last week. He's like, if you want to watch some of your shows, I can play my game in the other room. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, play, watch your Grey's Anatomy and listen to your, you know, your does Jane he, Austen bullshit. D- does he do that thing? thing where he almost makes it sound like he's being magnanimous yes. or, or generous? Yes, he's being very generous. Yeah, <laughs> very generous. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I know you don't get to watch these things very often. So you should thank Torgo for giving me this obsession with this game. I don't understand the obsession with this game because I've watched him play this game, and it literally all he is doing is is moving, removing things off and throwing them into like. In the bins, I'm recycling. You I, be happy. you know what? I'm I I don't I don't want to go there, but I'll go there. It almost sounds like a man game. It kind of does sound like a dude's thing where man, ship breaking, taking shit apart. You know, it's and, <laughs> like, and, when and you not are putting kid. it back together. Yeah, yeah because yeah. I, I can I can see, most women I know I think would just look at that and like. Okay, and then what? Yes, when and then what do I do with those pieces? Didn't you <laughs> right. ever take things apart? Do we oh, actually yeah. get to go Did you put them back together again? No. Sure. No. See? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steve agree on this. Oh, okay. I did, but I'm also technically an engineer now. So. Oh, wow. And what's that make? And, and you're the, still, my brain you still can't digest this game. Even no, because with that. it stops at the, it doesn't put anything back together. You literally just break it apart. <laughs> well, you got to break it apart in a certain way. Otherwise, it'll blow up. <laughs> yeah. Deb, it's like a little puzzle. That means something. It's not complete. It's important. <laughs> this is important. It means something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No more mashed potatoes for you, sir. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I've I've gotten so good at my job to this point where I can work super fucking hard in the morning, job. get get all my <laughs> like my day job to, uh, to to get all my work done. And then I'll, okay, I have an hour between meetings. I'll play an hour's worth of Shipbreaker, which is exactly four shifts, which is great because it's exactly 15 minutes a shift. Mm. And then I'll just go have a meeting, go have lunch, go have a meeting, come back. Oh, no, it's Shipbreaking time. <laughs> Does anybody from your job listen to the podcast? Fuck can, no. Can, can you admit that you'll play Shipbreaker while you're having your meetings? <laughs> That's impossible. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you might explode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one listens. And if they did, hey, you know what? I do more work than most of the people there, so shut up. And well, I know the yeah. whole conundrum of being around so they can watch you versus your productivity. No, no, it, I found a really great job where the productivity is what matters. Yes, you know they're not yeah. just for butts and seats. I make sure and say at least three smart things a day. 
Wow. I know. I yeah, you know. You should listen to the tone he uses when he says these smart things. Yeah, Elon. Oh, I've heard him. I know. I know you have, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. Let me tell you something. <laughs> oh, man. Let me yeah. just tell you, there are times there, 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 that if I was on the opposite side, yeah. I'd be like, fucking stop mansplaining shit to me, yeah. asshole. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just remember thinking, I hope that's not his boss he's I know. telling to stop I know. and shut up. <laughs> Half of the time, it is. <laughs> We have this husband. Yeah, yeah. we have this uh, this rapport between us where we tell each other to just shut the fuck up. I let me tell you this one thing. Bill, his name's Bill, right? Bill, yeah, Bill's great. I love Bill. (laughs) You love him so much. Wow, he mansplains to to Bill. (laughs) (laughs) I tell all you to shut the fuck up too. You should be happy. Yeah, but we don't listen to you. Yeah, and that's your problem. And we don't pay you money. Well, that is also a problem. But you know what? You know what that reminds me of, though. You got a winky? I got a winky. winky. (laughs) Supposed to do that before the show starts. I'm an old man. Anyway. (laughs) Boy, talk about inside baseball. No, I'm I'm, I'm too busy playing Shipbreaker. Well, (laughs) in that case, it sounds like it's time. Wait, wait, wait. No, there is something I do. (laughs) Oh, my God. I played Civ 5 with Steve. Oh, yeah? That's it. Oh, wow. Because he's got to get better at it. Oh, I I thought you went to go take a piss. I am, but I'm waiting for the announcement for the next. Well, he's talking about Civ 5 with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was it, because we got to play again, and i got to show you how to actually play. Jeff was just about to <laughs> well, I was well, about ahead. to turn it over to Deb for... Well, that was it. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, oh, yeah. oh Wow. Oh. oh boy. Did you just pee a little right now? I think he did. I think he did. Man. He made a quick beeline out of the room. we got to wow. get him a lavalier so he can forget to take turn it off when he goes into the bathroom. Oh, here, I remember those. Here, use my radio mic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, actually, something that happened, or somebody was—it's in Naked Gun. Okay. Yeah. I also on one. Also, uh, Paul sometimes. One yeah. video yeah. recording, I I deliberately left my lavalier. I, Jeff was the only one who could hear it because because he had the earphones. I had on. a I had him turned off the main feed, but yeah. I could still hear. I it. went into the bathroom <laughs> and I left it on, and I hear this laughing from outside the door. This was this was back at Todd's house, way back. Yeah. All right, news you don't give a shit about. Denny's is selling a $5.99 t-shirt for Black Friday, which will grant wearers access to free breakfast for a year. Really? Each t-shirt has a unique QR code sewn directly onto the sleeve, making it easy for customers to redeem their free breakfast. The t-shirt can be redeemed each day for a free everyday value slam, which contains two eggs, Two strips of bacon or sausage, and your choice of either pancakes, French toast, or biscuit and gravy. The everyday value slam usually costs around $5.99. So the total value of the t-shirt actually comes out to $2,186 if you use it to its full extent. Wow. Yes. Hmm. The only catch, Denny's is only selling 150 of them. (laughs) And the shirts will be released on Denny's website on their online shop at midnight Eastern time on November 24th, which uh, is Thanksgiving. Geez. Yeah, I really don't give a shit about yeah. this. Man. Each shirt I'm is- going to be there at 9, 9 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to be waiting. I'm going to get that shirt. It's going to be great. Wait, what's the original price on it? $5.99. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. $5. 
going to well, get you free breakfast for an entire year. I can almost her. hear Steve's face. I know. Well, I told my mom. And my mom was like, so my mom is in her late 70s, right? So for her, yeah. this is amazing. But then you say it, there's only 150. 150, and it's going to be a like, whole oh. bunch. And they're going to be flippers who are going to course, clog the <laughs> channels and grab that shit. Oh, yeah. They'll sell it for $1,000. Yeah, you're still making money. Yeah. If you well, live next to I wouldn't. Denny's. I wouldn't Boy. sell it. I wouldn't sell yeah. it. No, I wouldn't sell it. I'd use that thing. Five ninety nine. One breakfast pays for that T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. so. The wearable coupon is a response to the ongoing inflation crisis, according to Denny's president John Dillon. This year has been particularly tough on American on American wallets. <laughs> what a condescending fucking statement! I know. What one hundred fifty? If if they were selling a um, a I know. shitload, I know. I I think that would be something to rave like about. Like twenty five thousand or yes. like a hundred thousand. Yeah. So he's it's, giving it's, away like thirty thirty to thousand dollars and he's like, this and is not everybody's gonna use it every fucking day no no maybe most I mean, probably use it once a month or something yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's even more condescending when you realize that it's execs like them that are driving this whole problem inflation it's yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's a marketing it, gimmick they're calling one. it profit side <laughs> uh inflation because it's not true inflation it's no. just these Companies jacking up their profits so yep. much. You could that, see Barry yeah. in the meeting going, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong right there. Not 150,000, 150. So <laughs> case in point for an example. Yeah. We're, you know, we're flying to Florida for Christmas. Mm. And I have flown to England for Christmas before. Yes. Um, just pre-pandemic. It's like 2017, 2018. We are paying more for our flights to Orlando this year than I paid for my flight to England at the same time of year. It's obscene. Prices this year are just ridiculous for no reason. They are just yeah. obscene. It's why it's why my brother and I drove to Oklahoma instead of flying. Right. Really. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a lot a lot of money for it, anyway. It's just ridiculous. But yeah. So he goes on to say that we're always looking for new ways to provide value for our diners while delighting them with delicious Bullshit. food. Well, 150 of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so creating an innovative, first-of-its-kind wearable offer to unveil on Black Friday was a natural decision And what do you do if all they have left is smalls? <laughs> then you, you carry... You wear it you as wear it like out a sweater you, over yeah. your shoulders. You sew it onto a bigger shirt <laughs> yes. and you get your free breakfast. <laughs> oh, you don't have to sew it. You, no. you put uh, safety pins. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Not even That's safety pins. Just get some chicken bones. Like, like the, like the signs when you're in a marathon. You just yeah, yeah. pin it to your front. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, that's what some people could do. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, boy. News you don't give a shit about. Jim Carrey wanted to make a Dumb and Dumber found footage horror flick. Oh, dude. No. That Last- would actually be kind of funny. Has he gone off the rails? Last week, it oh, was yeah. reported that Jim Carrey had, had interest in making a Bruce Almighty sequel were put upon Buffalo reporter Bruce Nolan, gained powers of Satan. The movie, of course, never got off the ground, although it sounds like Carrey never lost his enthusiasm for movie pit, for gonzo movie pitches. So during a writer's roundtable hosted by The Hollywood Reporter, filmmaker D- Daniel Kahn, co-writer and director Kahn! of Everything Everywhere All at Once, <laughs> recalled how Carrey once reached out to him and his creative partner, Daniel Schneid, uh, Scheinert, I'm saying that right, Shinert, early on in their Hollywood careers to make a found footage horror movie on the set of 2014's Dumb and Dumber 2. He'd hmm. just seen Paranormal Activity and was like, guys, it's found footage and it's horror. Have you seen it? And they were like, yeah, we've heard of it. Why? Well, it was like, I haven't seen anything, anyone do anything like that, but with comedy. 
And I have this great idea. <laughs> so apparently, the genesis of the idea went back to Carrie's experience on the production of the 1994 original, which partly took place at the Stanley Hotel, which hmm. is the haunted um, hotel that inspired Stephen King to write The Shining. So he's like, the whole time we're shooting, things are breaking, people are getting hurt, doors are swinging, it felt haunted. We're going to shoot Dumb and Dumber 2, and I want you guys to do a found footage horror comedy on the set while we're filming. You guys are going to take a make a feature-length, behind-the-scenes video that slowly becomes a horror movie. Well, what the f- I actually I think that's I kind of an interesting I know, idea. I thought so too, actually. actually. I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, I don't give a shit because that's they, they tried to do it while they were on shooting Dumb and Dumber 2, but... So, Conan and Scheinert actually really liked it, and so they actually went and talked to the producers of Dumb and Dumber and pitched them the idea, and they were just... The producers were like, no. They, this is not happening. Carrie needed to pitch to the producers. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this is what they said. Jim just got really excited, but there's no way the studio is going to let you guys do this. So it's just not happening. I don't. Although I have to admit, horror aside, just chuck the horror. If you want to do found footage comedy, however that would go, you want the Dumb and Dumber characters doing that. That's what I thought. Like the Dumb and Dumber characters would be in the haunted hotel or whatever. Right. You found footage of them. That would be amusing to someone, not me, but it would be amusing. (laughs) Yeah. If you subscribe to the many worlds interpretation, then there is a reality out there where this has actually been filmed and happened. And sadly, it's not this one. I don't know about sadly. Because we're in the worst timeline. We are in the worst timeline. (laughs) News you don't give a shit about, but Deb does. Oh, boy. Uh (laughs) What Jane Austen bullshit is this? Wait a minute. I have done this one a couple of times before. She has. Yes, the Jane Austen uh, role-playing book, the role-playing game was one of those that I did. Anyway, things for nothing, vampires. Even while merging into a real-life couple, back when Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on the air, Freddie Prince Jr. and eventual spouse Sarah Michelle Gellar still have one lingering wedge. Prince has never seen an episode of Buffy. Not once. Really? Not one. They've been married over 20 years at this point. Yeah. And to me, the reason why I bring this up is that was like... That's what made her a star. Mm, yes. That show. And I was one of those people that loved that show. Mm-hmm. I always was made sure that I was home on Thursdays, watched it. And then when Angel came on, it was Buffy and then Angel right after. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I loved watching it. And I cannot believe that the show that made her famous, he's never seen. And they've been married over 20 years. Wait, that's the news? Yes, this is my story. I thought maybe like... Yeah, like reality show, Freddie Prinze watches, watches an episode. It. Like oh, a podcast wow. or something, you know? That would that that's, would be... That's where neat. I thought this was going. You're welcome, Sarah Michelle Gellar. There's your idea. <laughs> you and you and your husband watch episodes and then comment on You provide afterward. commentary about... Uh, and then he provides commentary on what he thinks of the show and you yeah. correct him. Or yeah. Whatever. Yep. You beat they him over the this. head with something. They should. Yeah. They should, but, but no. So they, they both start how they, they met was... Um, they were both in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Right. And then they went on to eventually both star in Scooby-Doo, the two Scooby-Doo live actions that they did. Yep. And I didn't know this. I didn't, I guess I didn't realize, but Freddie Prinze, uh, uh, he did Kanan, Josh. He did the Rebels voice for Kanan, Josh. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know that. He did voices, yeah. Um, and he also does one of the voices in Bad Batch. Uh, Caleb That Dean. I didn't know, but he did. Yeah. I remember him doing uh, the voice for Rebels. And Sarah is going to be returning to screen in the Paramount Plus series Wolfpack. I did see that. Also, Freddie Prinze 
in the Ultimates comic book, which was the Marvel kind of introduction to the idea that maybe this could be filmable. Uh, the Hulk in that one. Oh, I remember that. Absolutely fucking hates Freddie Prinze Jr. because <laughs> Betty Ross went on a date with him. And really? so you see him tearing ass across yes. New York like, must kill Freddie Prinze Jr. I hate Freddie Prinze Jr. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, fun fact I don't like Buffy. Yeah, that's not surprising <laughs> at all. This is my shocked face. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. But no, that's to, one to of those. To no one's surprise. <laughs> Never did. Any, anybody at this table besides me know at least a few of the episodes by name? No. I know the body. Uh, I, know. I, I, have, I have reached the point now where I remember the contents of the episode. I don't always remember the titles. But like when somebody gives me like a couple of beats of what happened, it's like, oh, yeah, then, then they remember the so show. So my favorite episode to this day still is Once More with Feeling. The, oh, yeah. yeah, the, the musical. musical episode. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> but Steve they did. too, I'm sure. The best thing about it was, you know, it was a demon that was making them sing. So like they, they kept their, pers- their character personalities while they're being made and forced to sing songs. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I appreciate it. Because it, it wasn't just like a, yeah. let's make it a musical. That it would be made, like a movie where... Uh, Barry and I are f- keeping our personalities as we're forced to watch Steve in karaoke. No, yeah. you're forced to dance. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're my backup wow. singers and dancers. I I'm sorry, <laughs> but I would I would poop myself. <laughs> I would just dance myself <laughs> off a cliff. There you go. Just show you guys, well, teach you fun. guys a lesson. Mm-hmm. Two step my head right into the oven. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, to swing re- I actually remember being excited swing about that right episode in the traffic because yeah. uh, Anthony Stewart Hayd oh, is to kill myself. a really classically trained singer. Right. So I knew he was going to be really good in that, and he definitely killed that in that episode. So yeah, yeah. He, he was really good on that episode. It's amazing how I mean, you know, you hear about it in like theater, the, the so-called triple threat, right? Act, sing, and dance. Right. But the number of actresses. That, uh, you know, when they get their chance to sing, or you just like, whoa, like uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly in uh, Dark City. Mm. Well, and, um, oh, I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh, crap. But she was in Frozen, the sister. She plays Anna. Oh, oh uh, uh, my future ex-wife. Um, which one? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought she could sing like that either? <clears throat> Allison uh, Pill. You, if you'd seen, uh, if you'd seen Reefer Madness, that was, <laughs> that was one of the things that I was like, huh? Kristen Bell, look at you. Yeah. Maybe you need to be on the list. Allison <laughs> Pill, uh, singing in uh, Picard. Yeah. Yep. Oh nice. yeah. Well, yeah. even even recently in in Weird, the Ali Yankovic story. Uh, when Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna, mm. she doesn't actually sing in the movie, but in one of the uh, the press tours, I think it was on uh, uh, the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. she sings, and then one of the things she does is sing as Madonna. And I remember Al and the producer of the film see uh, in an interview later. It's like we saw that, and we were thinking to ourselves. Why did we not know she could sing, number one, when we were shooting the film? And number two, <laughs> why didn't we have her sing in the film? There you go. Had they and not seen Across the Universe? I, I, I guess they hadn't. I mean, I had, so I knew, she was, I knew yeah. she was capable of singing. What I didn't know is that she could sing as, as other me. artists, <laughs> and her singing as Madonna is actually really good. Amen. So, I think I mean, for some people, like, 
I, f- I have always found it easier to emulate another singer's right. voice. I, I sing better yeah. as Neil Diamond and Frank Sinatra than I do as myself. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Those yeah. two singers, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Deb? That is all I have for today. Well, in that case, Kirsten, it's time for Weekend Geek. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's my voice way. is not my fault. That's why I'm making fun of you. If it was uh-huh. your, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah we okay. still make fun mm-hmm. of. Yeah, you. no, and okay. Well, guys, gang, zoinks, Disney shocker. Bob Iger back as CEO. Bob Chapek out. I, Yay. I I took that headline from Deadline because it was fun. Yeah. Headline but, from Deadline. Yes. But uh, after a year in retirement, Bob Iger has returned to the C- has returned as the CEO of the yep. Walt Disney Company. The company board uh, sent out a notice that Bob I is back and recently re-upped. Bob Chapek is out. Re-upped recently. Yes, for yeah. two years. He was given a three-year extension uh, late last year. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, yeah. Man, oh, man. Having handed over the baton... Uh, but would we say baton or is it baton? Is it baton. 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 Right. Hand over the baton. Baton. As CEO in February 2020, the Chapek, a stunning move unto itself at the time. Did you... Were you stunned, Deb? Steve? You no. guys? No? Okay. No. But I was... But... Flashback to February 2020, and Disney had all these plans for their, their theme parks on expansion actually, and rides. And February 2020. It's so funny. That's that's actually when we were in Walt Disney World. So we went for the Disney Princess mar- Half Marathon, mm-hmm. and two weeks later, I know everything closed. It's just like, what a time to become CEO yeah, of something that depends on people moving around the world. <laughs> man, oh, Manischewitz. He, uh, let's see, he's serving as executive chairman until the end of 2021. Iger will be CEO for the second time for the next two years. The company says his mission will also include identifying a successor, something Iger had difficult doing while commanding the troops the last time. So it's going to be much easier this time. All well, right. The job yeah. market's worse now because yeah. candidates are. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's all those poor CEOs. Nobody right. wants to work. Golly gee willikers. <laughs> Something I, I'm not I'm not ragging on you, Deb. I'm just like, because they draw from a limited pool when you're drawing for oh, no, CEOs. I've asked so, them for so, so it's like. Nah, well, and Iger was one of the few. A lot of CEOs, I think, that's just. They're completely useless space. Yes. It, it, they're taking up a, a position that they don't really do anything. Yeah. Iger is one of those few CEOs that really, truly owned it. S- owned the fact that Disney was a successful company because of the people that worked in it, the creatives that worked in that company. And that was, I don't want to say the word exploit, but that is what he encouraged and that's what made them profitable while he was CEO. Uh, when Chapek took over, he got rid of a lot of the creatives or put them in other positions. Um, they focused a lot more on the bottom line financials, mm-hmm. which was the opposite of how Iger did. He said, let's focus on the creativity and the guest experience. The money will come later, which... Well, I know then, is is odd for a lot of CEOs to say in this day and age because they're so focused on every little micromanaged aspect of what will generate profit. And Iger was that kind of mm-hmm. 
let's focus on the streaming service. Let's focus on the movies and stuff. And it really started to take away control from the creative people. You mean JPEG? JPEG, yes. Uh, Would typically start start taking away control uh, from all the different heads of the studios with the exception of Feige because Feige has that really in his contract. He's, He's ultimately in control of that. But heads of Pixar were had slowly their authority eroded away and you know that just when you work in an industry that has to look long term yeah there is no short term gains in most of what disney does oh yeah it's all long term theme park design ride design i mean just expanding the parks in general takes years and mm. millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah. before you can even get to a point where they can start making any of that back oh yeah and if your brain is not built as a businessman to see the long game, you should not be running Disney as a CEO. Well, and, and not to, I don't know, to, to, to really highlight it, but I mean, a lot of CEOs don't look at it that way. So I, know, but I won't necessarily say that's well, a it, fault of JPEG specifically yeah. but there's in the culture that he's tra- he was trained the, the in. The shareholder culture does not cultivate I understand that. Thinking, and in yeah. industries, some industries, you can't. Yes. Right? You need short term. You need to look at the bottom line. What's going to happen this year? What's going to happen this quarter? I get it. Some industries are like that. Disney's business is not. No. Disney's business is not. And it is always, I mean, they became well-known worldwide because of their theme parks and the animation studio. Yes. That is it. And if you're not focusing on the core of them as a company and you're letting that just kind of go by the wayside, you are doing harm. To oh, the they, brand of Disney. They thought that a lot of what Chapek did did irreparable harm to the brand. I well, know. Yeah, the, the, some of the things in the deadline they're talking about is uh, how th- difficult things have been getting for the streaming service. Right. And uh, also interesting, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, understand the full implications of this till I read it. The handling of the don't say gay legislation in Florida. Yeah. Because apparently there's a lot of uh, – Disney is known – for coming out against it, but apparently, it, for a lot of people, they felt that Chapek took too long. Yes, yes, he did. He really did. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Disney has has for a very long time been very pro LGBT. Well, like, they, 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 how long? How many decades ago well, was the in, whole in Baptist the 20th, in the twenty boycott Disney start? Right. No, boycott Disney because of Gay Day. Yeah, yeah. that 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 goes way back, doesn't right. it? That's not a twenty first century thing. No, I think. that's. Goes back to at least the '80s, if not the '70s, but the '80s for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, that, just, that, I, they they've made more of an inclusive push in the 21st century than they did in the 20th century. I know they probably were more subtle about it. Maybe that's why I didn't really see it much in the '80s yeah, and the '90s. Been, but in the, the 2000s, remember, for sure. Yeah, yeah they have been yeah. very inclusive yeah. and mm-hmm. very supportive and very like supporting whatever uh, initiatives and charities that they can that helps you know um, with self-harm and you know depression all these things related to kids having to deal with you know the social aspect of right learning they're gay and, and dealing with that and family issues all i mean all of it they're so supportive of all of that stuff and he took too long like first of all who wouldn't just immediately stand up to the, the freaking governor of florida i don't even know right. like why wouldn't you i mean he's right. an asshole he's just an asshole well one of the things in here was uh Iger came out uh, in his retirement. He yeah. spoke right. out. Right. Immediately. Yeah. Right. Because as a human being in general, you, you should care about other human beings, period. Right. Why, like, 
Anyway. Yeah. You think he would have come out a little faster based solely on the fact that uh, Florida was trying some shenanigans with the Disney's, uh, what is it, the, the, the city the that special they... District? Yeah, special well, District. Isn't that, isn't that a result of the gay, yeah. don't say gay flap? Yeah, uh, when I uh, when Chapek did finally make a statement, that's when they called a special session yeah. to try to eliminate mm-hmm. the special district that uh, yeah, that Disney uh, Disney World operates in. So you don't fuck with the money. This also <laughs> uh, comments on the uh, the uh, blow up between uh, Disney and Scarlett Johansson. Oh, and you that being very Chapek? Yeah, yeah, and the whole contract thing. The the streaming release versus theatrical release and all that stuff. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep. Cause Cause I was, remember, didn't Iger try to get involved and, and try to smooth that over? And then it, you know, Chapek made it worse. And I, I'm, I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to remember the whole <laughs> no, timeline right. of that. But, I think you were right the first time. Yeah. I'm trying to forget. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I actually am not, uh, I'm not seeing that here. So I don't know what Iger... Either way, it seems like it's a good move yeah. for, well, to get Iger that, back in. Yeah, it but it also like, speaks to you can't just have anyone you think is qualified on paper be the CEO of Disney. Well, right. yeah, and, and Iger has the respect of all the board members already, as well as the reputation when he was in charge the first time. And he's one of the few that can stand up to the board and say, look, long-term speaking, <laughs> these are things that are going to be good for the company and is good at convincing them to back him, right. even when they think in the short term it might be a bad idea. No, 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 no. Uh, Hold Chapek, on. Yeah. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Chapek, just... on the other hand, was not good at relating with the board. In fact, uh, yeah. one of the financial, uh, uh, I don't know if it was MSNBC or uh, financial, but one of the ones I was watching earlier today, they were talking about how Chapek really lost the confidence of the board because of his leadership style and uh, because of the lack of trust with the board and the way he was operating things. So Iger was, they reached out to Iger to have him come back because they knew that yeah. he could take care of it. Well, for now. their stock, their shares have yeah, lost about well, 40% of yeah, their value. Yeah, I know. My value yeah. has gone way down on the stocks I have. That's okay. It's going to bounce. It, it, it of did. Course. Disney's yeah. long. Like, you you like invested in Disney long term. Yeah. Like, boink, boink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to put forward uh, a name. Uh, Professor Biggs is CEO of uh, Disney. I, I think you would <laughs> no, do great no. things. Here's the here's the thing that in my cursory look at these stories that I didn't see, Bob Iger was actually brought in by David Zaslav to help put Warner Brothers Discovery on a solid footing, and I didn't see how his reinstatement of Disney affected that. On the other hand, I well, think... Well, he was consulting, though. He wasn't actually right, right. hired by, right? Right, right. He was there as a consultant. And I, and I, and my memory is that he was there until they found their Kevin Feige. So maybe the timing of this okay. yeah. just them, worked out. It's possible. Them yeah. hiring James Gunn probably freed him up to be able to take yeah. that position. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm yeah. just hoping that they bring back the plans to build the Mary Poppins ride in Epcot. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just hoping. Uh, uh, so far as CEO promotions, Warner Brothers, make me Warner Brothers. <laughs> you are like, I'll do so many good things with DC. Not, not, yes. not just DC. You want to be in charge of all of Warner Brothers? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. He's oh, going to yeah. be that properties. meddlesome suit. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, so congrats, <laughs> Iger. Now, speaking of a company losing its value. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um. 
Bank of America warns clients about a possible Magic the Gathering bubble and Hasbro has been devalued by the Bank of America. Really? Really? Yes. Feels like every other week, this is from Kotaku, feels like every other week Magic the Gathering is revealing a wild new crossover set or promotional release. And that's because it kind of is. Fans began stewing over the onslaught earlier this year, and now even Wall Street is starting to bulk. Bank of America downgraded toy company owner Hasbro stock earlier today, this is on November 14th, after accusing it of killing its golden goose with greed. How else do you kill the golden goose, I might add? Uh, The primary concern is that Hasbro has been overproducing Magic cards, which has propped up Hasbro's recent results, but is destroying the long-term value of the brand. Holy shit, Deb! Somebody said long-term value! See? What the hell? Well, I mean, what, the Black Lotus card? How many of those were ever made? That's why they're worth so much money? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean... Also, way back in the day, uh, the day being, like, I want to say, 4th edition, I'm talking 95 or so. I started playing 94. Um... They didn't release so many sets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there would be months and months and months and months and months between sets. Yeah, so people got a chance to collect them, play with them, uh, enjoy them, and then you'd maybe see some boxes of some of the older sets as the new ones came out. We were recently in a store, in a game store. I don't know which one, and we we're looking at all the magic cards, and there was like yeah, fifteen different sets available. Oh, like, yeah, it's I like, don't even know what the Action Comics, you got their whole wall of magic, and it's uh, this set, this set, this set. All the, I lost track of all the names. Yeah, I know. I don't even play magic. And you can't I, play cross sets? Is that I'm sure you, yeah, can, you can, but you can. there's so many different special rules for each set. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's like hero clicks. Oy, oy, oy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Never played that, so I don't know the difference. Yeah, oh, but, boy. So Bank of America analyst, to, to speak on one point of yours, uh, Deb, Jason Haas told clients, uh, as reported by CNBC, he took aim at the upcoming 30th anniversary set containing booster packs, some of which will include reprints of valuable out-of-print cards from the collectible card game's early years. The set has devalued many high-value cards, and collectors are concerned that Wizards will reprint more. A similar message has been plastered across in uh, Magic the Gathering fan message boards since the set was revealed in early October. Collectors were upset that publisher Wizards of the Coast, who publishes what else, um, are potentially sabotaging the value of their most sought-after cards, like the infamous Black Lotus worth hundreds of thousands. That uh, was pissed on by rats and um, Matt lost. Uh, while fans were frustrated that the 30th anniversary set includes just four booster packs for $1,000. Essentially turning the beloved card game storied history into 2022's worst real-life loot box. Yeah, it was so expensive. I looked at it, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll buy a box of those and just to play with friends. I'm not paying that much. No. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's been crazy. Those sentiments were echoed by Wall Street analysts who uh, the market takes note. Hasbro, which owned Wizards of the Coast since 1999, saw its stock price slide over 5% in pre-market trading Monday morning on top of an already terrible year trading at $102 at the start of 2022. Hasbro shares are now down below 60. Wow. In a um, related story... 
Dungeons and Dragons movie has been pushed to April. I saw that. Yeah. When was and, um, it supposed to be released? It was going to be March, and that was the second time I believe it was pushed. Yeah, because uh, it's funny when I was watching uh, Black Panther, they the trailer still had the original release date on it, which was yeah, I think later this year, and then it, yeah, and then it's when it was pushed back to March of next year. Yeah, and I thought now it was going to be a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was. I think it was like November something was the original release yeah. date. Yeah, well, and uh, not only that, but um, I'm trying to find a corroborating thing. Why would they push it back? Uh, they're really playing into the brand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they'll release like a really thin movie with not a lot of meat to it. And, and no, um, no, no, no. They just can't get all the participants they together can't get in the a same schedule room. Together. Together. Ah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. But also, um, I oh shit, I can't find it, but I heard somewhere Hasbro is rumored to be selling off or closing its movie studio. Well, I mean, Which I know it was is, always in a par- it, it was originally a, it's a partnership with Paramount. So right. I'm wondering if they're just deciding that I, it's it, time it to abandon be. that. But that's already looking bad on a number of fronts because they pushed the movie so many times. And right. now there are rumors that the studio is going to be just sold off. Well, I mean, they haven't. With the exception of the Transformers films making money, which I still to this day don't understand how they make money. Same. Uh, it's been diminishing returns after, I think it was with the third film. So mm-hmm. that was the only successful film that, that Hasbro put out <laughs> uh, because Battleship did horrible numbers. <laughs> Battleship. It's also a really terrible film. Um, and then um, God, what was the other one they put out? Well, they did the G.I. Joe movies. That's Well, yeah, the G.I. Joe movies were not well received, especially that second one was not well received. You know, one of the few times that you put The Rock in something and doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see The Rock in bo- all board game movies. Oh, there you Shoots go. Shoots and ladders. There you go. Candyland. Hungry, Hungry Hippos. <laughs> well, that's the sequel to Jungle Cruise. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, you made not, a funny. Not, not a bad film. I kind of enjoyed it. Jungle Cruise is fun. I yeah. Like well, that's kind a Disney joint. It. Yeah. So, yeah, Hasbro actually is uh, showing some signs of sweat. So, and it's interesting with whole, this whole one D&D mm-hmm. and moving into uh, 2024, which is where they're supposed to release their new D&D uh, edition, the final edition. <laughs> and the online platform. Big wink. The sixth um, edition. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's that, but that's uh, that's been some interesting, interesting stuff. Well, so, I mean, who knows? We'll see how it goes. We'll see how the movie does. Uh, th- but I mean, sell- rumored to be selling the studio or getting rid of the studio, closing the studio, and pushing the movie so many times that uh, they're not showing a lot of uh, a lot of confidence in that. So, well, I mean, uh, I I. Still not shy about saying there's nothing in the trailer that makes me want to go see that movie. Oh, there's, damn and, you. and it sucks, too, because I really do like Chris Pine. You don't mm-hmm. like Chris Pine with the loot at the end? Yeah. And Michelle that... Rodriguez is also in it, and I think she's a great actress as well. So I'm just sitting there watching the trailer going, okay, if the trailer is nothing like the movie, maybe it'll be a good movie. But just based on what I'm seeing so far, there's nothing that makes me want to go spend my money on seeing this movie in the theater. There is for me, I want to see this film with Deb 
and with K and with Major Meh. And I want to pick this motherfucker apart, saying, okay, that's that spell. That's not how that spell works. That, that's that. that. Druids don't get that. They don't turn into owlbears. But, you know, that, that. That's what I want to do. See, once Man. again, where I'm at an advantage, not really being that deep into D&D. I'll just be where you can just sit going. there and enjoy potentially the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I can't. I can't enjoy it. I can't enjoy it. I have to, yeah. I have he, to do this. He picks apart movies that... Everyone goes to knowing they're not going to be perfect and amazing and great. And yeah, he still picks them apart. Yeah, it's you're not going to be doing this during the film, right? In my head. You know, oh, okay. Because I, mean, I guess you've complained about people talking during the movie. Oh, no, when no, no. You no. go to a movie. So I, would, I, I was I would, hoping you were not trying to no, be a No, 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 no. But what I will do. He'll just be sitting there slowly but surely glowing red hot and moving into white <laughs> yeah. hot. And then we'll, getting agitated and he starts yeah. like fidgeting around. We'll yeah. go to. We'll go to. Like I'll Paul use my t shirt. We went to see. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean oh. on Stranger Tides. Yeah. I we'll have use never seen him vote. We'll go to Denny's. I'll get my free breakfast. And then we'll talk about <laughs> how much I, I hated the movie. It was terrible uh, afterward. Yeah. And what I will do, hopefully, if it's if it's good enough for me to do this, we'll get the, the DVD or whatever. And we'll, we'll record a special session where I'm picking apart the movie <laughs> the entire time. And you got to help me. That would be kind oh, of fun, well, actually. I mean, what? Certain genre movies. Wait a minute. You know what? You should start a, start a YouTube channel talking about how <clears throat> popular movies suck. Oh, wait. Who does that, though? Nobody. That, Everybody that would does it. They all copycatting <laughs> off of the real smart babies. babies. <laughs> Speaking of picking apart, <laughs> collapsed crypto exchange FTX has uh, about $1.24 billion in cash in total. Now, I know... This should be news we don't give a shit about. Yes. But uh, Deb wasn't picking it up, and I just want to talk about it because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that crypto is collapsing. So do I. um, It's really funny, too, because I... I've heard people, one of the things that some... uh, We have a nefarious libertarian friend who blockchain and all that shit was one of his things where it's going to take over transactions. It's going to be the new banking... And it's really funny because part of that was the whole unregulated nature of it. And now we're seeing what, what happens, happens when, when you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, it's, it's funny watching uh, these financial analysts that are actually good at their job talking about how it was this giant pump and dump scheme yep. where you had a lot of wealthy people that would buy up a little bit of crypto, pump it up and then sell it and then convince the, mm-hmm. the poorer masses that, oh, it's cheap now. I have to buy it because it's only going to go up. Yes, and in fact, there I uh, just saw an article today that uh, in a little sports ball tie-in. Yep. Um, uh, Brady, Bunkin, and, oh, yeah. and a few others are yeah. like under investigation because of in Texas of yeah. all fucking places. Yep. Because maybe their their pushing of uh, FTX was it had some regulatory problem or mm-hmm. some legal problem or Whether something. Whether they like were that. just paid um, benefiting from I, it in I, some I, way I, monetar- yeah, uh, monetarily. I, I, paid, I paid to promote it or whether they yeah. actually benefited no, from it. That was it. one yeah. of those headline yeah. joys that I didn't go deep into the story because I just <laughs> love reading the headlines. So but <laughs> this whole thing falling apart, I just Ugh, I just I, I just absolutely hilarious. love I had a I had a coworker recently I mean he's he's since moved on to a different um, plane of existence business, but oh. uh, he was just all the time buying crypto 
at work half the time just going, <laughs> dude, it's so cheap right now. I'm going to buy up a bunch. He's like, it's like this is going to be my retirement. And they just, he's going on. He's younger than me. Did he lose it? <laughs> oh, God. Did, did and I, know? I don't know if he lost it all, but I know he lost a good chunk of his money in the in the yeah. in the Bitcoin market. And I kept telling him, I'm like, you're putting too much in it, man. You know, try some more, you know, traditional investments. Yeah. You know, something a little bit more stable, you know, stable? guaranteed returns. You don't want stable. And that just, stuff's regulated by the man, man. He, he just kept buy it pre twenty twenty and he goes, sell it when it was hot. Yeah. You're, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Not even a Ponzi scheme. It's a, it's like multi level marketing yeah, it really where, is. where you're the person who made the, the market. Yep. The thing that kills me is most people don't understand the crypto thing. They just say, you know what? I, I understand enough that I need to make some money. Let's buy right, some. Right. I understand enough that when you tell me to buy some, I'll buy some. I can't even explain <laughs> it to you right now. I don't mm. have the words for it. I, yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Even if you had the words for it, I strongly doubt most of us could even figure out what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Because it, it really is a bizarre... I, I, it's magic. Yeah. Talk about Lovecraftian. Yeah. It's, it's Lovecraftian money. Yeah, it's... Well, uh, the understanding I have of it is me just hanging on by my <laughs> fingernails to this understanding. <laughs> just barely. This is where Cracked.com comes to the rescue. <laughs> that actually is a really good video. That is a... Yeah. Uh, Cracked.com, watch it. Look for it on YouTube. They have a really good and humorous breakdown of what crypto is. Yeah. Mm. If crypto is honest. Exactly. And if, if it someone was honest, could link this on our Discord, that would be great. Yeah. Okay. That it's, sounds very cool. It's <clears throat> it and it's so funny because crack keeps doing this. They'll they'll make a really deep dive into something simplistic enough that the average person can understand it. And, and funny. it's and exactly so and, cool. and humorous. Yeah, I, I, I still love that there's even something worse than crypto and NFTs. Yeah, yes. oh, other yeah. people buying NFTs. Well, and they're they're related too, which is yeah. the kind of sort of yeah. I mean, they're crypto's non fungible. They're currency? well, they're both based on they're both based on the blockchain. But the thing with NFTs is, it's just so easy to steal them. Apparently, yeah. And everybody thinks, <laughs> oh, like it's it's the blockchain, it's secure, and it's like, I well, it's not. not really. Yay! If it's not regulated, it's easy to. The yeah, Wild exactly. West was called wild for a reason, uh-huh. folks. There's a great artist called Bob Keel. We have a lot of his prints on our in our pirate bathroom and our wall because they're really awesome. And one of the things you can buy on his site is an NFT of his art. And I looked, and it's like six bucks. And I don't even want to spend a dollar on an NFT. No. But I love this guy's art. That's how much I hate NFTs. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it, yeah okay. So I just wanted to touch on that because I just love the whole... The whole thing about it, um, I think that thing is funny. So, although apparently this dude, the, the the one, the FTX dude who took a real bath, he like was actually pretty ge- generous with charitable stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, because there was one person, because somebody was laughing about it on Facebook, and one person like, oh, are you really happy that he's no longer, is that why you're laughing? Because he no longer can give money away and help charities? And we're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why we're happy, yeah. dipshit. Yeah. Thanks for my my favorite <laughs> what is NFT. This, words in my mouth. <laughs> my favorite NFT description was that I heard recently was like, so okay, so this is how NFTs work. You own the idea that you own a piece of <laughs> yeah, really. virtual art. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it's like, wait, so the art's not real, exactly, and all you really own is the idea that you own it, exactly. So you don't own anything. You've got it. 
it. You got it. I am announcing right now that I am selling an NFT of my loathing for Master Torgo. There you go. Bid yeah, start wants at, to buy that. Bid start at $20. <laughs> wow. Yes. You this... can email vlarg at geekshockpodcast.com. I will accept. Accept payment in uh, gold in crypto? Kruger rounds. Yeah, no, in crypto. Bitcoin. Deb, you guys are going to be paying off that house in a year. This is be- <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh yeah. Speaking of paying off the house, gang, we've been talking, of course, about all the problems DC movies, you know, TV shows have been having. That's mm-hmm. all going to get solved. Because you got to start at the comics, and you solve it in the comics, it'll move right to the movies, and DC is solving everything with Dawn of DC. Take it away, Steve. What? So, DC has just <laughs> announced a, uh, a line-wide initiative that starts in January of uh, a, a year-long storytelling uh, feature called The Dawn of DC. Basically, what's happened... Over the if you're a DC Comics fan like me, pretend I'm not. And me. <laughs> okay, so that's what, gonna be some work. I know what's been happening ever since the AT and T takeover of Warner Brothers is nobody at DC has been able to settle on anything so far as a cohesive set of storylines or anything. They keep throwing ideas out. The stories start getting get started, then they get canceled, then another thing comes in that takes that place, and then that gets canceled, and then other things come in. Dogs and cats. I got it. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Yeah, and and I mean the firing of Dan DiDio is is um, uh, indicative of that. The Jeff Johns leaving is kind of indicative of that. Um, several writers, uh, James Tynion has kind. Uh, oh no, um, uh, uh, Snyder, uh, uh, Zach. Yeah. No, not Zach. The the good one. D uh, D Snyder. No, oh, he's the best. Oh, can't remember his first name now. Anyway, um, he had been the writer on the Batman titles for years. When, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he left, he um, Rob Schneider. No, did you? No, that's an actor. Oh boy, we're getting all of our. We're going through three. We're getting all of our Snyder Snyder's. uh, I still don't know what the fuck Dawn of DC is. Scott (laughs) Snyder. Scott Snyder. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. Uh Hey, hey, Steve. Good story. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a mess for at least for at least two years. Well, like this story. Yeah, exactly. Here, I'm I'm living proof of what has been going on the past two years at DC. Um, I, 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 last year, the big thing was they didn't even have a booth at Comic-Con. Their panels were pretty lackluster. Uh, very few of them actually had, you know, uh, we'll take questions from the audience now. Uh, hardly. Um, and so, yeah, so they've announced this Dawn of DC, um, which kicks off with Action Comics uh, 1051 um, and basically starts to re- Define the status quo of the DC universe, oh. in, including bringing back the Golden Age Justice Society, Ooh. Uh, reestablishing uh, the multiverse. Um, Is it so, a reset? Yeah. It's Is this a, a soft a, reboot? It's a, a soft reboot. <laughs> it's a soft reboot because a lot that currently exists in the DCU does, in fact, work. Some of it doesn't, and and the the we have not seen the Golden Age Justice Society since the New Fifty Two era mm-hmm. in twenty 
2011. So what they're going to do in Dawn is remove some of the stuff that works and bring in more that doesn't work. Uh, you would hope that would not be the case. <laughs> the opposite, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully it's the exact opposite. <laughs> I just love it because poor DC. They just, every fucking two years or so, there's another, oh, we're changing the universe. Oh, we're rebooting. Well, oh, because- we're reimagining. Oh, we're... It's because companies that don't understand how comics work keep buying Warner Brothers and going, what else do we own? DC Comics? Isn't that where Superman is? Well, what are they doing down there? No, we need to do, we're AT&T. We need to hype up our 5G. So we'll have DC do a thing called DC 5G. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's actually cool. He's not kidding. <sighs> that, and, I know. I wish the, he was, but he's not. And the whole theory on that, which sadly has more or less gone away, was that they were going to replace all of the, the they were going to replace the Clark Kent Superman, the mm. Bruce Wayne Batman, mm. and the Diana Prince Wonder Woman or Diana Themyscira Wonder Woman with younger versions of those characters, yeah, like sons and legacy characters, which those characters, of course, got created during that time. And so they have slowly been reintroduced or introducing those characters, but not as replacements, just as thankfully, just as sort of expanding those right. families. And there's some good titles out there. Um, the new Wonder Girl, who is who is basically she's um, from a South American tribe of uh, Amazons. That's a great character. Um, they have introduced a, a black Batman who is one of the sons of Lucius Fox. Oh, nice. Has, yeah, who has moved to that one. New York. It's called I Am Batman. Written mm. by Academy mm. Award winning writer John Ridley. Nice. Uh, John Ridley has sort of reintroduced a version of uh, Gotham Central called um, Gotham the Blue Wall, which is basically a ground level Gotham City Police Department dealing with all this, all these strange crimes and stuff. What, so, what, what do they deal with? They just leave it for Batman to tie someone up and leave a note. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Yeah. So no, it's not that. It's not that. It, but it deals with like Gotham Central did with. You're just a beat cop. You get a call that some disturbances happened. You walk into a crime scene and find all these frozen corpses, and it's like, oh shit. And next thing you know, you're a frozen corpse. And then you call Batman, <laughs> and an issue later, the guy's tied up with a note saying, this guy did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, so anyway, no, so Har- that... Harley Quinn becomes the yeah. savior of the day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the... <laughs> All right. Deb, in one sentence, brought me on board. <laughs> Dawn of DC, I'm there. Yeah. So, some of the new titles. <laughs> There's 20. <laughs> I'll of course, let's go through every one, Steve. Oh, okay, oh. since you asked. No. Oh. <laughs> I just said that to see Barry's face. Doom oh. Patrol's getting a, a new standalone. Oh, nice. Uh, the 90s Superboy, Connor Kent, is getting his own uh, title. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Hal Jordan, both Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart are getting their own titles. All right, that's good. Cool. Uh, there's a new Green Arrow title, uh, Batman Brave and the Bold, an anthology series is coming Is back. that going to be Batman team-up? Uh, uh, yep. Uh, that, Brave and the Bold? That sounds like cool. Young and the Restless. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, yeah. Cyborg's getting his own title. Shazam is getting his own title. Shazam! And Shazam. the Penguin is getting his own title. Really? Well, you got to yeah. push that Penguin movie. Exactly. Now, see... Here's the other thing. It's also the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman, and they released a 30th anniversary issue. Uh-huh. And Mike Carlin, in the sort of author roundtable 
uh, interview thing that they posted at the beginning of that, uh, clears the air, says, no, it was not, in fact, the producers of Lois and Clark that said, hey, can you hold off on the marriage until until they we do it in the series? It was, in fact, him and the other DC editors to say, hey, why don't we hold off on this marriage thing until they do it on that TV show? <laughs> and then everyone who had been writing, aiming towards that was like, well, then what the fuck else do we do? Well, I don't know. We could kill him. Yeah. So, yeah. And, Lois uh, and Clark. So <laughs> I liked that show, but I was also young. <sighs> yeah, yeah. There you go. It's I was just, young. I needed it's the money. So <laughs> even I mean, even back then, I thought it was cringeworthy. It's even more cringeworthy. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of watched it and liked yeah. it. Yeah. I, I held on to the middle of season four. I didn't actually. How many seasons it. did they get? Four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I don't remember going that. Long. I held on until it ended. <laughs> then I was like, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> like Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was sort of, it, you know, there, I, I kind of like, th- there was a part where Lois got Superman's powers and mm-hmm. she's running around being super, you know, super Lois. And at one point she stops and she's talking to him about how hard it is. And she's like, I admire you so much. And I'm like, what the fuck all the way what the heck? He's Ser- Superman. No, yeah. He can zip around and do this shit. What's his, I admire you so much. It, I know yeah. some of that got just like kind of crazy. So many, but missed, Terry Hatcher was hot. So many <laughs> missed opportunities with that. Uh, not the least of which, and I know I've I've talked about it on here before, is that they reduced Lois to the the stereotypical damsel in distress. Right. Yeah. You she, guys have talked about she that. She was yeah. always second fiddle to Clark in the show instead of being the strong. Independent, which is how they sold reporter. it at yeah, the beginning. Ex- exactly. But I, I know you and I have talked about this yeah. before, Steve. But to it's point just, out, it was kind of still the '90s, and they just. I still don't. I still don't accept that as an excuse. I because, don't accept it either. I'm a freaking the woman. Comics. <laughs> I, I know, but I mean, the comics they were already doing it. So to pitch the show as that and then go, oh, by the way, you know what we sold you on the show? We're going to do the opposite of that. Yeah. We're well, gonna... that and Steve pointed it out. Uh, the Fleischers, which were the fucking '40s. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. She, you know, she did get rescued a lot, but actually a lot of the, the rescuing was because, not because she was stupid, it was because she was a bold, adventurous reporter going yep. for the story, and then, you know. And she get caught. And in, instead of talking about poverty in the Bowery or something like that, she's talking about mad scientists with the, the robot, so yes, she's in over her head. Yeah. Because it's, only, it's a job for a Superman. <laughs> yeah. So, but Steve... There's another the, uh, the 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 whole DC universe thing. Star Girl is ending. Yes. So. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so the Star Girl TV show is yet another casualty of the Warner Brothers Discovery cutback thing. But the producers went into the season knowing that it might be their last. So they actually did shoot two endings for the season finale. One of which could have been a season finale, which would set up. A, a potential season four and one of which could have just been a, a series finale so they were actually able to shoot both endings and so of course they're using the the series finale ending which i thought yeah you know yeah with these with these genre shows you should probably always do that yeah really every <laughs> and in fact you know and if you're on uh, fox or uh cw, um, yeah. uh, CW you want to also your mid-season yes. you want the the episode to be potentially ending and uh, yeah so, i'm really kind of disappointed i mean I, I i'm trying to think how to say this i'm disappointed that this is basically the end of the berlanti verse mm-hmm. i mean yeah he still produces doom patrol but 
he's pretty well hands off on that now. He was had moved moved on to other other things, but that that's really kind of the end of an era. Yeah, that we got some pretty good DC based TV shows mm-hmm. that kind of fizzled out towards the end. Yeah, and uh, shows that were really ambitious and doing yeah. and doing better versions of. For instance, like you know, the crisis. Yep. Then the movies were able to do. So, yeah, I liked the crisis episodes, yeah. the crossovers. Yeah, those were fun. Those were, I always <laughs> I like still... I always like crossovers and and you know me and Jeff on the whole my multiverse and Jeff's time travel. I yeah. just I love I love <laughs> yeah. when people go wacky with shit like that. I still have like the last couple episodes of the Flash on my DVR from this last season. I just can't bring myself to watch them, knowing that it's. Gonna be over soon. Dude, with, I yeah. had, I, they got they got one more short season yeah. to go. I am yeah. a few a years season. behind, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too, actually. But even so. the Flash, as much as I love that show, it's it started to suffer from the the uh, what do they call it the the yeah. repeat themeitis where yeah. it's yes. just they keep yeah. it's different different stories with the same formula, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah. and it's just like okay. Yeah, and then like what we've also talked about on the show, like a simple conversation would prevent a lot of this stuff from happening. Right. But for dramatic purposes, they drag it out. Although it seems like they drag it out over like six or seven episodes. Yeah, where it and that's why Barry can't watch any of the shows. Be wrapped up in two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and until he makes a YouTube uh, the, channel where he I, criticizes it. I will say that in the later seasons of Flash, they did kind of learn from that, and they started. Yes, they started doing like six episode arcs. Yes, then there was like a whole season arc, but then, yes. like the, the the bads would be over with in you know mm-hmm. six episodes. That's and stuff. A, it. It would be a good approach. Yeah. I also just like the the whole multiverse thing. Yeah, bringing in Jay Garrick, bringing in you know, yeah. Zoom, doing all of that shit, just playing with, and the fact, the fact that they used people like, and of course I'm I'm brain farting. Brandon Routh, uh, Brandon Routh, and um, uh, Jay Garrick. Uh, 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 oh, uh, John Wesley Ship. John Wesley Ship. The fact that two they versions used, of that. Yes, he, <laughs> he played the uh, yes. the classic with the helmet, and he played his '90s counterpart, exactly. which I thought was amazing. <laughs> that yeah. was, I, even I, though a terrible, I, kind of a terrible show. Yeah, I, I loved, mean, I I loved the fact that they did that. That sort of put me in mind of DS9. When they would do their throwbacks, like the the three original Klingons, yeah, or, uh, or Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, I love that episode that, when that they did is, that. It's phenomenal, and their yeah. love for the original series is all over it. I yeah. loved and hated the '90s Flash series because well, there were like elements yeah, well, of it. I'm like, okay, we're finally starting to go, and you're gonna go the other way. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you was, had you had Mark Hamill, yep. as the Who, trickster, right? And Mark Hamill insisted yeah. that he, he said, he goes, I will only do it if I get a costume. And I get a trickster mobile yep. <laughs> because they were again, because that was the first time that I realized, oh, Warner Brothers executives think all these characters are just Batman in different costumes. Yep. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Because all of the villains in that original series were street clothes villains. And it was like, mm, you guys are just missing the point of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, all this DC talk, uh, Barry is dying. <laughs> so in the, in the subject of death, we have lost some people. Yeah. Um, Jason David Frank, who played the Green Power Ranger, Tommy Oliver, 
And the 1990s versions of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I don't know how many different versions there are. Uh, has, too many to name. Yeah. But he <laughs> passed away. He was 49, which is a ridiculously early time. Uh, they don't reveal anything about cause of death. I haven't, I haven't seen anything just yet. But, um, uh, yeah, he... The, the rumor is suicide, but it's not confirmed. I know that that... The only reason I know that is because they started putting a lot of suicide hotline uh, stuff um, up on social media saying, please, mm-hmm. if you're struggling, talk to somebody right. you know, and if you can't, call these numbers. And, and there was a... He recently, like recently, uh, his wife filed for divorce just in August... Yeah. So maybe there was something that he was wrestling with that was affecting the marriage. It's been said that he's struggled with mental health issues. Um, I don't know the extent to that. I do know that uh, when I have seen him at conventions, he's genuinely been ecstatic about meeting the fans, especially the younger fans. Mm-hmm. He really connect. I was not a fan of the Power Rangers. I think I was oh. just a little too old for yeah, it. Yeah, no, time. that's that, that is so age related. But it's not yeah. I funny. do always like watching actors that interact, especially with the very young kids, right? And when they're good and about it. Yeah. He was very, very gracious with his time mm-hmm. with the younger fans. I remember uh, I, I saw him at uh, Comic Con in San Diego one time, and he was there with a little kid that was dressed up as Green Ranger, and he was taking pictures with him. Just genuine smile on his face. Just absolutely seemed to enjoy yeah. interacting with him. And, and I, I mean, fans of all ages. Mm-hmm. I mean, people that are, you know, in their 30s and 40s now that were fans of the series. And so. he was all over the place. Oh, uh, yeah. He was yeah. brought back as the White Ranger, leader of the team, a spinoff mm-hmm. series. Uh, Tommy Oliver returned as other Rangers. Uh, red Red Zeo Ranger, Red Turbo Ranger, Black Dino Ranger. He played him in the films Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie and Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and even made a cameo in the reboot uh, 2017 Power Rangers. So he was always a practitioner of martial arts. He even fought in mixed martial arts bouts in 2009 and 2010. Holy yep. mackerel. So... Uh, terrible, just uh, terribly sad, and uh, heart goes out to everybody who's affected by that because that's really just like that is just way, way too early. It really is. Science fiction author Greg Bear passed away. He's a writer and actually illustrator. Um, he covered themes of galactic conflict in the Forge of God books, parallel universes in the Way series, consciousness and cultural practices in Queen of Angels, accelerated evolution in blood music, Darwin's radio, and Darwin's children. The Darwin's books are the ones I know about, although I haven't actually read much Greg Bear because he was he was a little bit on the. Um, a little bit on the uh, hard side yeah. science fiction. Uh, he attended San Diego State University. He got a Bachelor of Arts degree um, and was a, a teaching assistant to Elizabeth Chater in her course on science fiction um, uh, writing and later married a friend of hers. So uh, he did some work um, as an artist. He did illustrations for the Star Trek Concordance. 
<laughs> covers for Galaxy Magazine and FNSF, Fantasy and Science Fiction. His first story, Destroyers, was uh, sold to Famous Science Fiction in 1967. Now, I remember The Forge of God, a lot of people talking about that, because that's an explanation of the Fermi paradox, <laughs> uh, supposing that the galaxy is filled with potentially predatory intelligences. And young civilizations that survive are those that do not attract their attention, but stay quiet. And I know that <laughs> that's actually, isn't, wasn't that a favorite of uh, uh, Stephen Hawking? I believe so. It was so. like, you know, don't, don't send the signals into space. <laughs> so... And he went on uh, a dealing th with uh, subjects of nanotechnology, quantum logic computers, artificial intelligence, um, and so on and so forth. He cited Britain Bray Bradbury as the most influential writer in his life. They had a lifelong correspondence when they met in, or after they met in 67. And uh, he uh, won five Nebula and two Hugo Awards. And then um, also, lastly, was uh, we missed him last week, uh, Kevin O'Neill, an English comic book illustrator. He was a co-creator of Nemesis the Warlock and Martial Law. That was an early favorite of mine. That, that was a wacky, wacky <laughs> friggin' sort of a, I don't know if it was pre-Judge Dredd, but it was very Judge Dreddy in terms of the whole kind of fascist motif merciless cop who's actually um who's actually trying to do something in terms of helping people but also is just an absolute ruthless bastard but he began working for the publishing company ipc at the age of 16 uh as an office boy for buster which was a children's humor title um in 75 he started publishing a fanzine called Just Imagine, the Journal of Film and Television Special Effects, uh, which had five regular issues. Um, and then he worked as a colorist on Disney Comics, reprints, and British children's comics. Um, but eventually he moved on to 2000 AD, and there uh, he provided art for pinups and covers, the central image of Tharg on the cover of the first issue of 2000 AD. And he went on with uh, drawing shorts like Tharg the Mighty Strips, uh, Future Shocks, and other types of titles along that. The thing, of course, that uh, I really love um, him for was his work in DC Comics when he actually started working with the uh, great uh, Alan Moore. Yeah. Um, uh League of uh, Extraordinary Gentlemen is just it's a, it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful comic we talked about it numerous times sometimes <laughs> unfortunately relating to the movie but it's a fantastic comic um, really just wonderful uh, well the premise is is fantastic because yes. you just take and it, it, all it, of these these fictional characters yes. throughout history and you put them together in these super team ups mm -hmm. and, and it, everyone's specialty complements the team for whatever villain they're going up and it's, against. It, 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 it's, a, it's a nice, because, you know, Alan Moore does these great dissections and deconstructions that yes. can, at, at the time, were affectionate. Right. <laughs> you know, where he loved everything. And 
and just stuff uh, like Captain Nemo and dealing with Alan Quatermain and uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, a fabulous, a fabulous look at Nina Harker from Dracula. Just wonderful stuff. And and uh, O'Neill's art relating to that was just absolutely... Um, just absolutely wonderful. It had that touch of the classic, um, like the classic cinematic universe. To I, I'm trying to think how to say this. It was artwork that made it feel like it was older than it was. Yes, that it yeah. was hark- yeah. hearkening to the time with which a, a, these characters would a have distinct been. Feel. Yes, exactly. Yes. Would have would have been around. And it, his his production design, his design of the Nautilus stuff yes. like that it was just wonderful. He was a wonderful artist. Uh, he was someone who just loved uh, more loved collaborating with and he's definitely that's going to be a missed a missed presence yeah. in the comics world. Yeah. Absolutely, and then finally, it's not dead yet, but uh, is uh, is Twitter dying? <laughs> uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. it's really I mean, funny because I hear lots of people talking about leaving. We're hearing about new places now, right? Like Mastodon, Hive, other places like that. But I'm wondering if if this so-called exodus from Twitter, if it's not going to be, it's just going to be the left end of Parlor. It's you know not, what I'm saying? It's not a mass exodus. I think a lot of people are jumping on these other platforms as kind of a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, well, I mean, it's a mass exodus for the employees. Well, well, oh, my God, yeah. He fired half of them, yeah. and then 1,200 quit all on the same day. Yeah. I, yeah. Here's what's interesting. So, people. So because of uh, trying to promote Theater of Note and trying to promote Geek Shock, oh, yeah. I became a little bit more active on Twitter. Yes. And so I became more active just in time to see all this start to take place. Yeah, me too. And just reading everyone, like George Takei is basically saying, as soon as I get X number of followers from here over to Mastodon, I'm shutting this down. Right. And you see a lot of creators doing the same thing. A lot thing. of that going on, it's, yeah. It's like, it's like as soon as... The majority of my followers have followed me over to Mastodon or Hive or whatever their next thing is. Then I am shutting this page down, um, and it, and it mostly is in protest to all of these like again super right wing organizations on there just shit posting right and left. It well it, and uh, um. Uh, where was I going? Oh, the use, the people that used it, like you said for yourself, Steve, it's really funny. Uh, Oliver Brackenbury, the gentleman I interviewed about New Edge Sword and Sorcery magazine a couple weeks ago, we put that up. Uh, he's he's actually really nervous because he actually did, does the bulk. He did the bulk of his communicating with creators and with other types through Twitter. He got a hold of creators to build the magazine table of contents uh, through Twitter, he actually was asking for advice on uh, launching the magazine. He was doing so much mm-hmm. communication through Twitter that this this kind of implosion is actually really bothering him. And I know a lot of people are being strident in there. Well, I'm leaving Twitter, burp, burp, burp. and but there are other people who are taking. Well, I'm going to do a, a wait and see issue. But I wonder just how. You know, and, and people are talking about Twitter is going, it's going to die, it's going to whatever. I just oh, wonder yeah. how much of that actually 
you, will happen. A lot of it, these the support structure for it, you know, the people that right. that take care of the servers and take We're care of the programming yeah. and the coding, and it's like. But supposedly, like yeah. people are like, well, I I can hardly wait for um, the World Cup, which yeah. is now started, because that's like one of the major apparently. One of the major venues for for Twitter, it, it, communication about World Cup is huge apparently, yeah. and this will be where it all just kind of implodes. And I don't know if we're actually going to see any of that. Twitter has a monopoly on nothing. It's yeah. just it had the most followers, like Facebook. There were yeah. other options when Twitter came around. I'm sure I can't remember any of them because they fell by the wayside, and eventually like, Twitter became. Number one, I remember MySpace was a thing until yeah. it wasn't. Right. Social media yeah. platforms have... Uh, they have a shelf life. They have a shelf life. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Is that half-life? Whatever. They yeah. have a shelf life. Half-life half is actually not a bad description. <laughs> for, for, for Facebook, that just keeps hanging on by its fingernails. Yeah, well, so long as us old people are alive. Yeah, exactly. And now they're associating Facebook with the older folks because the older folks got on when their MySpace well, it, went tits up. Yeah. yeah. So, it's funny. Some of my old coworkers at the last job I just had who are older, they're in their 50s and 60s. We're talking about them just setting up a Facebook account. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. There you go. And Facebook, <laughs> I, I have seen this because I work in advertising because I am the fucking devil. Um, <laughs> Facebook... Advertising has gone down to shitter because of privacy stuff with Apple and even now Google. So you can't really effectively advertise as well as you could have before. Google's having the same problems, but it's Google to weather it. Mm -hmm. Facebook will not. Twitter advertising, also shit. Because if you look at, like, uh, if you go to Facebook right now as opposed to literally last year, um, a lot of it's just here. This is suggested for you. It's not just, I can't just see my friend's posts and I want to see. Right. Like, let's say Steve posts a picture of his steak that he ate. You know, I'm looking at you, Matt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't look at that and then come back like later on and say, oh, let me scroll up a little bit because I saw Steve posted that like a couple days ago. No, because I'm going to get all this suggested for you bullshit. Right. Here, buy this thing from Wish. Here, look at. <laughs> You know, look at these these videos of, of Instagram so is starting to do that oh, now Instagram too. Because same too, it's it fucking terrible. It didn't used to like it. Just mm. be like, okay, here are the people that you have right. followed, and then we'll it, it would say your feed with yeah. crap. Well, but it would say you're all caught up. But now it's like you're scrolling through, and I'm like, okay, that's somebody I follow. Who are these other five people? Right, and right. It, what's, it what really wasn't bugs doing me that before when I do Instagram because my brother does his art on Instagram, mm -hmm. so I'm constantly rolling through and you know liking his art stuff. Right, and it's funny because they format their shit exactly like the other. So I'll just be heart, heart, heart. And suddenly I'm, wait, what did I just heart? A fucking uh, uh, game thing or, a, you know, some, something like that? And then like you're going to get nothing but that yeah. for a while. And then it perpetuates itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's like uh, Twitter will die. Twitter will die. It will. Is it die. dying now though? Because you said it, Barry. It's so it's so insanely weird. But you put it. It's a monopoly on nothing. On nothing. But it was a. He paid forty four billion for that monopoly. Well, who knows? And, Elon Musk is a mystery. He's a crazy man. Yeah, but, but I'm just. I'm, I, yeah. I I haven't actually mentioned his name for a reason because I'm just. I just want to talk about the phenomenon of people saying it's dying because I don't quite well, see it yet. But I'm wondering there's if it'll reason. go there. It's advertising stuff has always been. I, I mean, I. I'm not gonna. This is not gonna be advertising cast, but it's been difficult to advertise on Twitter. 
to make it as effective as it used to be. Not that it ever really, really was. Mm-hmm. They had problems uh, getting in the red, in, in the black to begin with for years and years when right. it first came. I remember on. hearing that. Then. Oh yeah, um, and now with what's happened, it's become kind of gauche to be on Twitter with eh? this with this with this <laughs> well, wackadoo. Yeah. Well, they yeah, had sure, know, sure. Plus they, the right wing stuff. Who the fuck needs that? Mm-hmm. They had just barely, and I mean barely, become profitable when Musk did the initial bid to buy them. Yes, and then tried to back out. And as soon as it, the control was completely turned over. It went immediately into the red. And I love yeah. the fact that, uh, I mean, here we are talking about him, but he tried to back out. Yeah. And it's like Twitter forced him through the lawsuit. Yeah. Well, was that, speak- that's, how, that's how that went, right? I, I they forced him through the lawsuit. And so he went in and now he's, okay, I'll buy the fucking place. And he lights the match. Yeah. And it's just, it's the, the whole thing is actually kind of insane. Twitter has the well, people, but they don't have a monopoly on, on social media. There are other, other platforms with blackjack and hookers that you can go to and it's going to cost you the same. Zero. Like Mastodon and what's the other one? But they, but I'm going to get on those probably tomorrow. But they, yeah. they, but Twitter does have this massive, just absolutely fucking massive base of users. And that is the only reason I ever made a Facebook because I'm not really that into right. social well, that's media. The only reason I made a Twitter and like, I haven't ugh. even been on it. Yeah. No, in yes. like two or three years, I get emails every now and then. You know, Warrior Cosmic, what are you doing? Come on back. Oh yeah, yeah. I got, I'm yeah. getting a lot of spam emails from Twitter now. Yeah. I don't know why. And then Instagram, I only joined it just to watch drunk people doing things, which is great. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's it. Yeah. See the I this whole thing of oh Twitter people people saying Twitter's definitely dead. No, it's not. It's like it's they dying. said the same thing about Facebook five years well, ago. And that it's was, it's I, on life support. It's not dead it does yet. Re- no. One of the things to see is all of this is reminding me so much of Parlor. Yeah. Because yeah. remember the whole, oh, Facebook is dead now because we're all going to Parlor. And within months, the right-wingers were like, oh, shit. When, it's, when social media is nothing but us. An echo chamber. <laughs> this is kind of... Boring and crazy at the same time, yeah. and they would quietly slink back and reappear on Facebook. So here's yeah. what you do if you want to protect your business, your brand that you used. If you're the type of person that built that uses Twitter to build your brand, um, get something like uh, freaking Social Bee or Hootsuite or whatever. It's like an aggregator, and when you make a post, hey everyone, look at my shoes that I bedazzled myself, and you can buy them on Etsy. Schedule your posts for all of it. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Does it all and, for you? Yeah, all the, there's a ton of a bunch of them that'll do it all for you. You can schedule them in advance. And then it, do you not have a Mastodon audience? Well, build one up slowly by posting. And then it, it, take five minutes and engage every day on some other one, someone else's posts. That's it. If there's, it's not fucking rocket science so nothing is going to explode no in terms of replacing twitter you're going to be building over time right because people are already talking about yeah mastodon's pretty good but boy is the interface no i've been hearing i've been hearing all sorts of complaints about actually i've heard complaints about everything that people have been trying so so whatever the problems twitter had it seemed that it had solved a lot of the shit that the others have to go through right yeah Yeah. twitter has the history and it has a lot of had a lot of smart people 
making the interface as simple as, mm-hmm. as it is now. I mean, look at Google in the early days. Right. Oh, my God, that was hideous. Yeah. Somebody somebody actually said, boy, oh, boy, if Google hadn't gotten rid of Google+, Plus, this would be their time. I don't know. I love <laughs> No, the, Google+, Plus was crap. I love the meme, though, of, uh, I think it's a Don Draper meme, where, where it's like all these ex-employees are now going to be pitching a new social media site. And uh, the, the little uh, standee reads... It's like Twitter, but no Elon Musk. <laughs> you know what? That's a selling point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so I'll, it's not dead. It's dying, and it will die slowly. No, it's, it's it will... going to be a slow, protracted death. Yes. For so sure. It'll be interesting to see. But again, people... Okay, so going way back... People have been predicting the end of Yahoo well, for see, 10 years. Dude, that's just the and thing I'm talking about. Now, I know I'm, a lot about Yahoo. Don't even get me started. Okay. Yeah. But again, it's not dead. But then, people were predicting it was gonna die. One point three percent market share. Why yeah. do I know that? I was literally talking about it earlier today in a meeting. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's it's yeah, it's it's another. It's been prolonged. A slow death. burn. Could, like, yeah. could Twitter could Twitter become what Parler aspired to be, which is the right wing nut <laughs> haven? Yeah. By virtue yeah, of all be. these other people leaving, it could be the place where well the right wingers kind of took over, so we kind of left, you mm-hmm. know. And then and then that's the other thing people have been commenting on, you know the the way to win the war is not to leave the battlefield, it's to stay here and fight the good fight. This yeah. there is no good fight. Yeah, no, well, right. exactly. Yeah, that also it, implies what are we fighting over. It, that yeah. also implies that you have a hand in whatever kind of victory happens, and Musk is showing that. We have no hands in this monopoly of nothing. Right. Monop- What's your monopoly? Of nothing. <laughs> of nothing. Write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And we'd like to thank our Kofi members, Barry. I'm not a Kofi member. Oh, you mean you want me to? I want you to thank our Kofi members. Well, let's thank Matthew Bates. Let's thank Earth7 John B. Let's thank J.R. Conkle, The Microscoop, Minty Scoop, Alexander West, Scoop Bucky, Atomic Gumby, dude, I still have to mail you your shit, Aaron S, Aegis Shockey, Kenton Miller, Two is One, Elena Noop, David Headbrider, Glumley, Froyug, Soft Serve, Scully, Mr. Dumbledave, Heidi B. Johnson, Mohan Nair, Gil, Azrael175, Multiverse Tonight, Stephen Biggs, no thank you, uh, Jacob Flora, <laughs> Mad Mark Trump, Sour Matty D, Michael Hoffman, hey Mikey, uh, Mama Ninja Scoop, mm. Major Meh, <laughs> Major Meh, <laughs> Richard Bruins, Chad Wilson, <laughs> Sir Chomps, Ambivalent Hoax, Mike M, Dan Stexla, Daniel Lozer, Adrian Kirsch, Scoopatron, King Vald, yeah, yeah, King Vald, you are the best, Leon Myth, Hey man, uh, Gabriel Adam, uh, Aussie Matt. Uh, well, let's let's Aussie half Matt. back. Aussie Matt, he's talking Aussie oh, Matt. what the hell is going that on? Can't. All these writing today is awful. <laughs> Crikey, Elizabeth W, Snoop Two, Deb, not that Deb, other Deb, ah, uh, other Deb, other Deb, <laughs> Deb. Teacher Deb, Teacher Deb, yes. Jeff, not that Jeff, other Jeff, other, other Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and Mandy. There's never going to be an other curse. We really do thank you. You're the yes. one that keeps our lights on, on and keeps the recordings flowing and uh, keeps us sane to a certain degree. To a certain degree. It, a certain it actually degree. does get you know help to get in this room and just watch yes. Barry scream. It, I find it relaxing. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> and oh, until yeah. next week, I am 80s Jeff. Commander K. And Vlarg. Holy and oh. Professor Biggs. What? I did it looking you right in the eye. I stole and that shit. All y'all just go fuck yourself. <laughs> wow. But what's your name? 
Fuck off. <laughs> That's your name. Okay. And fuck off. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. <laughs> wow. You you reached in and pulled her soul out of her body. Well, remember Barry. what I said? We we're going to steal the and credit, and you didn't do it. Oh, what? You got to remind me of that. Uh, you know, when it comes to putting my life on the line, <laughs> I need a reminder. Yeah, sure. you are right I would like to point out that nobody on the show did it before me. So, yeah, that's true. That's You're true. special. And, and, and I and, stole it. And so far as Kirsten not doing it, he was already getting punched like three or four times. <laughs> That's what happens when you I sit next to me at a table. You're talking about you. I want you all to know that you can't see this, but Deb gave me the same death look that she gives me when I start winning at a game like a lot, <laughs> and she wants to flip the table. It's bad. It's bad. You're gonna be sleeping on the sofa tonight, right? I, I'm not gonna wake up. Yeah, you, you, you're just not gonna sleep. You're gonna be. Can't sleep. Devil kill me. Can't sleep. Devil kill me. Las Can't Vegas sleep. man found murdered with his own lightsaber. <laughs> Somehow all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>